Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. Hollywood cold, I'm with Molly G, bro, flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows, and I want to tell you something that you probably should know, this that slumdog millionaire Bollywood flowing up, my real friends never hearing from me, fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me, that's why I pick and choose, I don't get you confused, I got a small circle, I'm not with different crews, we walk the same path, but got on different shoes, live in the same building, but we got different views I got a couple cars I never get to use Don't like my women single I like my chicks and twos And these days All the girls are down the road I hit the strip club And all them bitches find the pole Plus I've been sipping So this shit is moving kind of slow Just tell my girl to tell a friend That it's time to go Now tell me how you love it You know you at the top And all the heavens right above it We own It's young money motherfucker If you ain't Hey, welcome everybody. It is time now for Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yaldman. Of course, Eugene Benton is on the road. He's right now on the campus of uh, the University of Central Florida down in Orlando where he's got a few kickers down there with his kicking academy going on and representing Southern Sports Central in style. Of course, I'm sitting here in the, of course, a little bit of a wet situation here in Somerville, South Carolina. It's been raining throughout the day as we're coming to you live from the factory sports and fitness training studios. But we'll head over now to, of course, the Tent Farm Hotlines, where our one and only Eugene is down there in Florida. What's up, brother? Hi, man. Doing great. It is uh, hot and humid. There was a little bit of a rain shower earlier, but it's not as soaked. I saw the uh, radar stop going off on the phone earlier, but um, got checked in. You know, we had to go through some protocol stuff getting into the state of Florida. You kind of get diverted off, and they want to do the COVID checks and things like that. And um, But everything went through, you know, coming in from the state of South Carolina. It's not as bad. Uh, it looked like they were actually turning people around from other states like the state of, uh, I think, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York were uh, being turned around and things like that. But, um, you know, once we got in and then uh, came on down, got onto the campus here, you know, got checked in. I posted a picture for Southern Sports Central, got into the lobby, you know, of the uh, the big uh, night there in the lobby. That was pretty cool. Uh, got the kids in and um, – what we did was we actually set up, a, we got an extra room here, uh, kind of in the middle of all the rooms, uh, pulled out a couch since it's got a good anchor system, uh, went in and uh, we brought down some, a lot of bands and some equipment to do a workout tonight. We're actually going to do that about 6.30, so, you know, you and I had text, and, and I told the boys instead of 6, we'll do 6.30, get them a good workout in. Uh, we got the strength bands tied to the bottom of the couches <laughs> in the middle of the room to the weighted down so that they can go through their steps, stretch out their legs, do some muscle pulls, uh, as you know, and people who have followed us on Twitter and myself personally in the academy, yesterday they kicked from about 8 to 5, which was really, really pushing it. And, and in some senses, you know, we were kind of just ready to say, all right, let's end it. Uh, the boys were getting worn out. Let them rest and recovery last night. We put in ice baths. 
uh, first a hot bath and an ice bath. After that, then it was, you know, a rub down of um, a little bit of icy hot, but not too much because we didn't want to get too much stuff on the skin. Let the boys get a good stretch. We put that new hammer massage things on their quads, their calves, got them some rest, got them some bananas, some Gatorade, a ton of water, some uh, creatine, and some glutamine to uh, try to recover those muscles since we're kind of, you know, stacked up with these things. But um, got on the road early this morning. Like I said, got checked in. We got the rooms in, which kind of was a little thing because of the COVID. They're, they're really strict. Uh, Florida, especially this area around Orlando, is much like Charleston, where you got a lot of out, out-of-town visitors. So they really have to do these things, these checks, you know, check your temperature when you get in, you know, kind of where you come from, where have you been, have you been, you know, to, and they list to a certain couple of regions, um, and, and, you know, have you been around there, that kind of thing. And then, um, like I said, we got we got some music set up in, in the living room part of, of my suite where, like I said, we, we t- uh, tied down these stretch bands to couches and chairs and everything like that so the boys could kind of get in. I mean, they've been in cars for, shoot, coming from Ohio, going back and forth to Charlotte, going now down to Orlando to get those workouts in, kind of get those muscles, get the heart rate up, get some blood flowing. We didn't want them stiffen up. So uh, we got that set up to, to roll here in about 25 minutes and um, after that give them a high protein high carbohydrate uh, dinner and uh, fill them up with some water and get them to bed early so we can start early on uh, tomorrow is one of the last trips uh, or, or showcases for kickers uh, through cold and for anybody that's interested or anybody curious what a showcase is is that um, they'll set up what they call short field goals long field goals the short field goals are 30 uh, dead center 35 left, 35 right. When I say left and right, that's the hash marks, and 40 uh, dead center. Uh, and that sorts out, that's what's called your short field goals. They try to put it where the wind is in your face. If that's an option, they want to see how you can, can control the ball, your strike. Everything is videoed. Uh, and then they go to the long ball. And the long balls start out at 45. And then uh, yesterday in Charleston, we had 45. We had left hash and right hash at 52 yards. Then there was a 56-yard dead center and then a 59-yard long ball that counts for two points, and you take two of those. And, uh, unfortunately, Spencer, uh, the rising junior there at uh, Oceanside, he hit a beautiful ball that hung up there, and we thought it had a chance at 59 yards, and it came up. Uh, the video seems it looks like it was about two feet short. So uh, while he's you know, disappointed, didn't make it, it's a good ball. And also on film, some of the national evaluators, they don't expect kids or they don't expect high school guys to make 59 yards. What they want to see is, can you get it up in the air? Can you drive it right down the middle? Um, because they figure, you know, when you get to a college, you're going to get bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, so, if, you know, you're lacking a yard or two here or there. They figure you can pick that up as your body matures, you know, your muscles and, and bone structure changes. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, we're checked in down here. Uh, tomorrow's the last one. I wanted to, while, while we're speaking on it, uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Coleman. He's the rising ninth grader at Oceanside, and I've talked about him a good bit. He's number one ranked kicker first class of 2024 in the nation, number one punter. I mean, he hit some punts that uh, just really baffled everybody and, and had the uh, national people cheering yesterday. But um, uh, last yesterday afternoon and this morning, I got a text from Chris Saylor. He runs another kicking service similar to Coles, which we do a lot of the national stuff with. But uh, Saylor is the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. Uh, which is also tied into FBU and Adidas. And uh, he was invited to come out to Los Angeles 
They're going to make an exception instead of a two-day thing. They're going to let him do a one-day thing. And, uh, it, it, you know, if he wins the job there and the guy thinks, you know, really highly of him, he would be the starting kicker for one of the teams in the uh, underclassmen U.S. Army All-American Bowl in Naples, Florida, which will be played this coming January. So uh, it's been a scramble today trying to figure out if we can do that. Um, the parents want to know if he and I can fly to Los Angeles, you know, and do that in one day, fly, flying from Charleston through Chicago. We've seen Los Angeles uh, kick in Burbank and then leave there and fly to Nashville, Tennessee, have a car pick us up in Nashville and get us over to Gatlinburg because he's uh, one of the feature kickers in the Nashville uh, Coles competition there in Gatlinburg, July 18th and 19th. So it's been kind of a whirlwind day, but, you know, we're, we're, you know, I try to teach them, you know, that, that's life and that's football. You know, you got to be able to run with it. you got to be able to roll with it. you got to be able to uh, succumb or, or perform under pressure. You know, things change. You know, you might be sitting there pretty and, and uh, you know, hey, I'm going to go in and win this game with a 35-yard chip shot field goal, and the next play quarterback gets sacked for a 15-yard loss, and now you're 35 yards, a 50-yarder. So what? And, and that's kind of the thing, I, you know, I tell them today. He's like, well, Coach, are we going to be able to do this? You know, I said, you know, let's let's find out before we get all upset. Let's let's work it out, you know, and we'll, we'll see if it can even happen. And, you know, it looks like we might actually have an option to make it happen, so – it would be a great honor for him, you know, to be a U.S. Army All-American and play in that bowl game down in Naples. You know, Coleman's played and he represented South Carolina in the Carolina Bowl up at Duke University. Um, you know, he's got some colleges that have reached out to Coach Call and that he's talked to him. I think Syracuse and Virginia Tech and as well as Spencer. You know, Spencer's doing great as a rising junior over there. Um, a couple of other guys that performed super well, the uh, long snapper, uh, Zach Champagne at, at Oceanside, he actually bested a five-star guy. I mean, Zach's been between a three- and a four-star guy. Uh, as, as a long snapper, he actually bested in the scoring a five-star guy on uh, punting and field goal snapping yesterday. That was pretty cool to be there with Zach and experience that. Um, the punter for uh, Lucy Beckham is a former Oceanside kid, a kid that I've trained up. and you know, he, he was hitting some balls as a rising sophomore that was going 45 to 60 yards in the air these beautiful spirals that would just hang up in the sky. And, you know, it, and he would come over and was like, dude, it just breaks my heart that you're, uh, you know, doing doing something different. But I really love you, and I'm glad to see you going to, uh, to Lucy Beckham. I uh, support you 100%. But, um, you know, we can get into a little more. I, I see that it's 610 on my phone. I know we got to hit a break. So I'll uh, let us go to break. And like I said, I'm going to finish setting up the room here for the gym starting at 630. All right, buddy, you do that. What we are going to do, uh, Eugene is actually on the road. He's down there in Central Florida getting ready for another kicking, uh, I, I would guess, um, uh, combine, if you will, or tournament there in uh, the state of Florida. So he'll be checking in with us for a few minutes. But coming up after break, we're going to head to a quick break. We come back. We're going to be joining with Joe Hughes. He's up there in the, uh, well, on the border between South Carolina and North Carolina. I'm not sure what side of the road he's on up there, but – He's going to check in with us coming out of break. And then at 6.30, Jay Williams from the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's the commissioner. He checks in at 6.30. Then at 7 o'clock, we head to Channel 2 on Channel 2 Sports. Very own Logan Reaver is going to check in here with us and uh, talk to us about some of the things happening here in the low country and uh, around the world of sports. As uh, these guys have had to uh, get a little creative, but yet here lately there's been a lot to talk about. Then at 7.30, Mr. Brown. I mean, High School Blitz, you know, we've partnered with these guys. We're going to be doing a combine here in Charleston. We're at least in the Charleston area on June 27th. That's going to be at Woodland High School at 10 o'clock. 
and then we'll carry it up on July 25th to Conway High School, where, of course, we're going to be up there uh, at 10 o'clock as well. That's July 25th for that combine. So then at um, 8 o'clock, we'll hear from Ryan Berger. He is the quarterback at Myrtle Beach High School. Uh, he'll check in and kind of let us know how things have been going up there with the Seahawks. These guys are every year. This could be another year that they can get another state championship. So a lot to cover. We're going to come back. When we do, we'll be joined with the one and only Joe Hughes. Guys, don't go anywhere. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This segment brought to you by our friends over at the Tent Farm. You can locate them at 7634 South Well Road in North Charleston, South Carolina. You can find them on the web at tentfarm.com or reach out to Jonathan and the guys at 843-297-4131. Without further ado, we head to that Tent Farm hotline where we're joined by the one and only the sports reporter, one of the best in the business, Joe Hughes. What's up, Joe? Not much. How are you doing? Good, man. So, uh, you know, I asked you for about 10, 15 minutes. You said, sure, why not? And uh, we'll get right into it. First of all, let me ask you, man, how's the family? You guys getting along pretty good up there? And, uh, that I, again, where exactly are you? I always say you're kind of on the border, but I guess that's probably one of the best ways to describe where you live at, right? It is exactly. <laughs> I can't <laughs> parts of my location. I have to keep now that in you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Though? If it fares you to blow a little bit on the North Carolina side, so be it, or if you come back into South Carolina either way, but you're welcome. I know in both states because you do a great job. Uh, let's first get into uh, some things that I saw that got to hit the airwaves today in the high school world. Uh, the dismissal denied for the charter and private school lawsuit versus the South Carolina High School League, uh, to move to uh, Richland County. Uh, you covered this very closely, I know, because of uh, your connection to the state of South Carolina and what you do there for many avenues. Uh, your thoughts on this, and are you shocked when this was released? No, uh, it's mainly because I think everything deserves to at least see its damn court. And the private and charter schools feel they have a grievance. All right, let's see whether they can prove their point. And the high school league believes that they have a – have a legit case, and what they did was perfectly legit. Let them prove it, and it's just one of those things. I'm I'm ready to see some sort of movement on this because it's been something that's been, I guess, uh, it's been racketed back and forth across the across the net for years, and this might actually be a a, a reason and a time to finally settle it. Live right now, Joe Hughes helping us catch up with all the news and notes around the great state of South Carolina. We're actually going to dive into uh, Charlotte here in just a minute. But, you know, you, you see a school of choice. It, it's kind of one of those conversations in other states, Joe, where it's it's a very common word. And if I'm not mistaken, North Carolina's got 
Uh, is it more heavily populated by the school of choice? Florida, I know, does a, a pretty wide open landscape of that as well. But South Carolina seems to kind of stick to the reins when it comes to you got to live, you got to play, you got to live where you play at type of thing. Any chance that this type of movement starts to open that door, gets that opportunity out there, or you think it's just going to kind of uh, tilter a little bit but not enough to get people to kind of go where they want to go? It all depends on who the benefactors are and who is bringing in the money. And a lot, what, what you kind of notice with a lot of these privates and charters, is there's an idea and there's money behind it. And if there's, if there's a way to be able to both provide a good education and make the money necessary for you to be able to, to do these things, all right. Some of those involve the, the potential of sports being used as a lure to kind of help with these operating expenses. All right. But uh, it, in North Carolina, it's, become, it, it's as taboo as it is in South Carolina, probably more so in South Carolina because it's still a somewhat of a novel concept. In North Carolina, it's just become kind of accepted because of the fact that so many are a part of it. But uh, it's it's still going to be very interesting regardless of how you look at it. it there's going to be those that accept it. There's going to be those that rail against it wholeheartedly. Does that make either side wrong? Not necessarily because under most cases, the, a lot of these teams don't win championships every year, and that's what the name of the game is. And everyone everyone wants fairness, and I think everyone else wants fairness. So I, I'm eager, again, with this, with this lawsuit, I'm eager to see how that kind of turns out, just to see how that – what direction we kind of go in. Yeah, I think it's going to open a few doors. It's definitely going to open a lot of conversation. Is we're live right now with Joe Hughes. Of course, he is the writer over at the Gazette Gazette. Shelby Starr, a huge contributor for Southern Sports Central. He spent many days on the Grand Strand with the Sun News and a few other avenues helping us get educated and up to date. Let's move into another sport, NASCAR. Boy, they made some headlines yesterday, and they have blown social media wide open, uh, Joe. As you saw yesterday announced on Wednesday, the banned display of a Confederate flag at its races, an extraordinary move from a stock car racing circuit that traces its roots and the significant uh, portion of its fan base to the Deep South. Uh, this, of course, has gotten a lot of noise. Your race really right in the backyard of the hub of NASCAR right there with Charlotte and Armitage away, man. Uh, give us your thoughts. And, and when this thing came out, are you shocked that you start to kind of see you know, NASCAR being actually ahead of the NFL and a few other avenues of taking a huge stand here. I was very shocked, very shocked, in, in part because it's something that is so ingrained in the sport and has long been synonymous with it. So you're just like, okay, this this is something that will never happen. I, I doubt that NASCAR will ever let this let this go. And to NASCAR's credit, they have been trying to – get more minorities involved over the past several years. It's become part of their – it's been part of part of their brand advancement, if, if you want to call it that. And, but I never thought that they would go, go to that extreme. And for them to do it, they, they must have felt very wholeheartedly about it and made it happen, but – I'm I'm eager to see. It's one thing to put words to it. It's another thing to put action. And the question is, what actions are they going to involve once it once fans are allowed back? Especially at some of these 
smaller town raceways like Darlington, like Talladega, like Martins, Martinsville. You know, those are – it's just – it's – don't know exactly what type of progress has been merited or warranted at this point. Yeah, very true. I mean, you when you go into the state from Georgia to Alabama, to the left side, if you're crossing into Alabama, you know, there is that – uh, flag that stands tall, and it, it's right there to the left side is that competitor flag that we're talking about. Now, this all came to factor with Bubba Wallace. Uh, you know, he, of course, uh, just days after his interview with CNN and, and basically uh, asked them to ban the flag of the races. You know, the NASCAR uh, took action with the 26-year-old uh, applauded uh, the move for being uh, before the race at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia Beach on Wednesday night. And, of course, he did drive the car with the hashtag White Lives Matter, and, uh, and again, very touching in many ways. And, and the other thing that kind of, I think, kind of touched my heart yesterday, Joe, was uh, I saw a, a, twit, a tweet or a Twitter, but I have you a tweet come out. There you go. Uh, come out. And uh, it, was, uh, it was very touching to my heart because uh, this young lady, who is an African-American lady, says, I live in Louisiana. My sons have always wanted to go to a race since Ricky Bobby. Everybody knows Shake and Bake, Talladega Nights. I never felt it would be safe for my black son. I will seriously now consider. Thank you, NASCAR. They have gotten so many, so many different social media, uh, I guess, um, acknowledgments and, and things like that, Joe. But when you read something like that, and for me, I, I say this a lot of times, and I've been saying this before, sometimes you have to take yourself out of the situation and only imagine what it's like if you're somebody else, you know, we tell our kids this growing up, this is no different. You know, this is no different. And, and this is something that now this young lady, and if you follow her son, by the way, who she, she tags on here, this kid is, he's like a, almost as good as you and I at recapping NASCAR sports though. I mean, this kid is going through every little motion, every lap he's giving you, who's the leader, who's doing what. I mean, so for me, I think this is a huge deal that Bubba Wallace, you know, took that stand yesterday or on the CNN interview, and, and you're starting to see so many great things come out of this. Your thoughts when it comes down to this, and, and of course, you know, having us now, does this open the door for, for, I would say, not only a fan base, but let's talk about uh, advertisement. Different individuals now that want to come in and, and get a few teams together. Sure. Yeah, it, it definitely opens up that possibility and I, I saw it just like you did on social media where people the first reaction of a lot of people that have the same uh, same uh, skin color as I do uh, they're looking at it as if hey this this might actually be a chance for me to actually get to NASCAR I've always wanted to go to a race uh, you have Concord the, the speedway in Concord right you know in our backyard but I've, I've never had the had the option to want to go now, there's the, that potential. As for me, no, I get I have credentials, and I'm there are times where I'm just like, okay, do I actually still want to honor my credentials? Just because of everything that goes on, maybe not necessarily at Concord because Concord is your your biggest one, and it's also right outside of a metropolitan setting. But there are other ones that I. Darlington is right down the street from my from where my my wife is from. Would I actually go to Darlington? No. It, for me, it's going to take some time to see how this exactly plays out. 
I, I would rather wait rather than say, hey, this, this is a good change. This is a change in uh, in a true about face. But it, it, it's also going to take one person to, to figure it out and uh, for the whole dam to break too. So I hope it's I hope a lot of people choose to choose to go and get involved and and see exactly what the sport is about because it's a it's a fun sport to watch, especially uh, if you're like me that likes to drink a few beers and hang out a little bit. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's like potluck at its best. I mean, everybody brings their own dish. Everybody has their own fun. And, and again, I have been at many NASCAR events, right, where I've seen, you know, every every background represented. But, again, you know, this definitely takes it to another step of going, I feel, in, in a very positive direction. So I'm like you. So I'm curious to see in some of these small towns, how do they respond to it? Because while you've seen some exciting news and some very positive messages, you've seen it on the other side as well. Uh, again, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the flag that flies for you guys who are upset about it doesn't change who goes round and round. All right. Remember, we were all mad, NASCAR fans, when they decided to quit letting them race back to the yellow. All right. That's important. That's part of the race. That affects the race. Okay. It doesn't affect those sitting in the sand. And this is a situation where they're trying to make the fans comfortable. Again, it's called hospitality, right? I mean, that's what you do. When you bring somebody into your backyard, you want to make them feel welcome. You want to make them feel well. All right, so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, One other thing I want to catch up with you, too. Oh, go ahead. You got something? Yeah, it's just simple evolution. Right. And and you you adapt with the times. If the times call for it, there was a time where cigarettes were commonplace in in, – in ad sales, and you used to see it on billboards here, there, and everywhere. But once they figured out, hey, cigarettes are very are very detrimental to your health. Where where have those billboards and ads gone? They they're part of the past. And racism should have long been something of the past, but it's not. And unfortunately, we're right. still dealing with it in 2020. But that doesn't mean that it can't become a thing of the past. And that's what we should be working towards. And I, and I agree with you, and that's what we try to do here on Southern Sports Central, give you guys a platform to listen to all of the good information that we try to put together. You know, and the, here's the thing for me. You mentioned advertisement. You, you, you talk about sponsorship. For NASCAR fans, there used to be the circuit under the cup guys, what's called the Bush Series. Well, because it was mm-hmm. a beer, right? It went away. Yep. The Marble Man was one of the most famous dudes in the business in the 80s, right? Tall dude jeans and the, the, the buttoned-up shirt with the smoking in it, you know, the cigarette in his mouth and the cap, gone away. You know, this is, like mm-hmm. you said, it's, a, it, it's definitely a change of the times, and, and I applaud NASCAR. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, I think you're gonna see a lot of things. And, again, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm 100% excited about it because, you know, um, it, it's well past due, well past due. Talking about changing the times, uh, let's go to Charlotte where we look at a statue being removed yesterday by the Panthers and a former owner. Of course, there was a lot of bad connections to this man before he sold the team. Uh, your thoughts, and, and I'm sure you've written a bunch of things on this as well, but to see uh, the former owner of the Charlotte Panthers statue come down, it's another, I think, um, move in the right direction. I think this was more of a precautionary measure than anything. As the present present ownership was basically it was part of the contract for that statue to stay put a year about a year plus after he purchases the club 
it's time for it to go. But with everything that's been going on nationwide, this social unrest, protests here and there, and the unpredictability of uh, where a lot of certain statues or inanimate inanimate uh, objects, as I like to call them, objects that have nothing to do with nothing, they were more concerned about, hey, what what can come of this if? Will there be vandalism? Will vandalism come uh, to our <laughs> to this part of Charlotte? And if they do, what will they try to take at? What will they try to target? Number one on that list would be the Jerry Richardson statue, basically because of what he what he was and what he meant toward the end of his tenure with the Panthers. Uh, does it mean that say the current ownership was was trying to do away with his legacy? Sure. That's part of the reason why they're trying to get away from Wofford right now. They wanted, uh, they're trying to implement themselves. But having Jerry Richardson around and keeping that around, it would have been a bad situation if, if it was got to that point. Fortunately, things have kind of settled down on, on both fronts. But that doesn't mean that it can't continue to inflame itself. So it's, it's more a precautionary measure. And I, I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere else on the ground. You got about it, Joe Hughes. Uh, they open up the gates uh, Monday, uh, I believe, coming up, right, in North Carolina. We actually had a gentleman that joins us on Tuesday talking a little bit about it, but uh, it looks like uh, football is going to start slowly working their way back out on the uh, Friday night lights and all of that around the high schools, man. Uh, what's the buzz in North Carolina with them opening up uh, in stage one or phase one? Right now, you have a, you have some school districts that are choosing to – to go ahead with opening on Monday. I have one school district that says, hey, we're just going to go ahead on Monday. I have another one that has yet to announce. Then I have another one that is opening July 6th. So it's kind of staggering and it's varying depending on depending on what they feel comfortable doing. So the one school district that is going on Monday, they felt, they felt good enough with their precautionary measures up to this point that they're going to go ahead on Monday. That's what that's a good idea because you also it gives you a chance to do a test run here the first two weeks before you go into a dead period, allowing you to restock and reevaluate. Other school districts, such as Gaston County Schools, which is kind of where I'm based at, they're choosing to go July 6th, and it gives them a chance to go ahead during this upcoming three- to four-week stretch and figure out exactly what areas do we need to be looking out for, how can we best Suit our suit our coaches and our players, and also how can we as as administrators get on one accord? And there's no there's no bad plan of action in this regard. I'm just anxious to see how it works, and hopefully it'll reap good results because I think a lot of us are starved for sports and looking forward to it. So hopefully it will work, and there will be no problems with anything going forward. Well, as always, Joe, you do a five-star job, and uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you. You know, by the way, I don't know if you've seen, uh, we've partnered up over there with the guys at the high school blitz. We've got combines going on because they're going to do a junior uh, showcase game in January, excuse me, in December that we've partnered with. We're going to try to get the best juniors, upcoming juniors of this season, uh, in a game up around the middle of December. But before that, we actually are going to do combines all around 
the state of South Carolina. We've got a couple up there where you are, one in Columbia, one in, of course, uh, Conway. Of course, Coach Terry opened up his gates and said, come yeah. on down. So we'll be in Myrtle Beach on the 25th. And then Coach Cyber, the athletic director over at Woodland, uh, he's going to open the doors for us over June 27th. So I want to welcome you down here, man. You can stay with me or whatever. But uh, we'd love to have you down here and help us out a little bit, and then you can cover it while you're putting in some work with us. For sure. I, I'll definitely, I definitely love that. Now I have to check my schedule, make sure the, the kids don't have me locked down for something, and uh, we'll have to check it out. I, I'll probably have to give the, the guy high split some uh, some grief about his his playoff picks, but that's just <laughs> that's just something I kind of <laughs> tag him about a, a, on a regular basis, just because it's fun to do. But he uh, he does a great job publicizing things for these kids and doing things for these kids, getting their getting their names out there. And that's the name of the game. We're all in this for the kids and Amen. wanting to see them wanting to see them live out their dreams because we all started off with the same dreams and they're they're closing in on it. So that's what we're all in this for. No doubt, Joe. I'll let you back to the family, man, real quick. Uh, tell them how to find you, how to catch up with you, and uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, best way is on Twitter, of course, Joe L. Hughes, the second. The, the second is two eyes capitalized. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I, I try not to hang, out, hang around there too much because uh, Facebook is Facebook. And gastingexpect.com, shelbystar.com as well. So keep up on a little bit of everything going sports. Well, you do a great job. We appreciate you, man. Looking forward to catching back with you shortly. And uh, until next time, man, stay safe and God bless. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Joe Hughes. He's a sports writer for the Gaston Gazette. He's also with the Shelby Star, and he's a huge contributor right here on Southern Sports Central. We've got to go to break. Because we got to head up to, uh, well, Mr. Jay Williams. He is the commissioner, South Carolina Youth Football Association, segment time now. So after this short song, we'll come back. We'll check in with the commission. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. moment so different and so new was like any other until I kissed you and then it happened it took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too by the look in your eyes sweeter than wine Softer than the summer night Everything I want I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine Will last forever Sweeter than wine, soft 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie. I'm alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, joining us uh, here down in the University of Central Florida. That's Orlando, Florida is where he is at. We're going to bring him in in just a second. But, you know, it's always hard to get those uh, good songs to cut short. They're just an old school jam. But I am going to say uh, we are excited and appreciate uh, Joe Hughes for jumping in here with us. He's a sports writer for the Gas Gazette, Shelby Star, and a huge contributor of uh, – Southern Sport Central. So here's what we got to do. We got to send the coach off on a proper note. Uh, Eugene, I know you're still online, and I appreciate you hanging out with us uh, as you gave us a few minutes. But uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, make sure those kids are safe and socially distanced. And uh, we'll look forward to a full report Sunday night. Yeah, and actually, they're about socially distanced right now. I actually was going to try to send a video, but I was called in, and and the kids reminded me it's like, coach, you're on the iPhone, so if you're called into a call you can't do a video um they're doing some uh stretching and actually some resistance kicking they were just doing some kind of mock punching in a pool and so um <laughs> it's, it's a kind of neat cryogenic thing i mean you know kids love pools we all love pools who the hell heck doesn't love pools sorry about that who doesn't love a pool but they are sitting there um and they were going through you know holding out their arms and doing some resistance and i was like how's that feel and they're like oh boy so uh do a little bit in the pool, get some resistance training, you know, I mean, give them some time outside to get enjoy the water and kind of let the muscles kind of chill out a little bit. You know, they've been in a car for six hours, so things kind of lock up, especially after last night. Um, but right now, you know, they're doing some mop punting and things like that in a pool, and then they'll get dried off. Like I said, you know, I described earlier, we'll go upstairs, go through some band exercises, open up those hip flexors, the groin muscles, the calves, the toes, the ankles, things like that and then go give them a high-protein meal. You know, I told them, I said, man, there's a barbecue joint right down the street, you know, and, uh, you know, we can go load up on some protein, some carbohydrates, and then, Casey. And then, um, sorry, I was trying to communicate with someone across the pool, uh, one of the player parents right here. Um, but uh, so then we'll go load them up and get them hydrated for bed, get them up at about 7 o'clock, kind of do a little stretch here at the hotel, take them down there on the campus for the uh, at UCF get ready for the kicking competition. They're on AstroTurf, so we're looking forward to that. But um, we are ready to go. And uh, like I said, I'm going to get these guys finished up here in the pool, go get them stretched out and get them fed, get them to bed, get them hydrated. I just want to thank everybody for the support, for following along in this adventure. And uh, thank you, Richie. You know, I love you, brother. And uh, thank you, Southern Sports Central, for allowing us to have this platform and to showcase the Low Country Kick Academy. And I will check in tomorrow as the kicking competition goes along. Thank you. You got it, buddy. He says, uh, guys, and, uh, of course, uh, he is uh, the other half of Southern Sports Central. But right now, that half is down in Orlando, Florida, at the uh, University of Central Florida. So uh, we do have to go to the hotlines because it is now time for the one and only this segment. 
Brought to you by, of course, our friends over at Gerns Pharmacy at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at gernspharmacy.com and on the phone at 843-873-2531. And when I get a chance, Jay, I'm going to bring you over here and get you. Uh, I'm going to treat you to one of the best hot dogs in town here in Somerville. What's up, Jay? Not much, Richie. How's it going today, brother? It's good, man. You're busy. I know last week I told everybody, I said, look, that man is busy. He's a commissioner. That comes with, uh, with with much title, comes much responsibility and a little sleep. And by the way, you're married with family, and and you got that going on the side too, or not on the side of the front side of of your life as well. But uh, glad to get you back for your segment. Uh, as you heard, by the way, I met yesterday with uh, uh, Coach Seibel, the AD up there at Woodland. I met him actually here in town yesterday to finalize the deal that we're going to be doing. A, um, a combine over at Woodland High School for our low country kids, but it's also going to reach to Bluffton and Beaufort and Orangeburg and Santee, and I want to open the door for you and some of your coaches to help us out a little bit, man, and uh, and let them kind of work the camp a little bit, man, on that Saturday. Hey, we're all in. If you need us, brother, we'll be there, and I think it's an amazing job y'all doing. Um, a lot of these showcases always highlight the seniors, which is a good mm-hmm. thing, too, but y'all reaching out to the juniors, giving them a platform early so they can get some recognition, I think is great. I mean, it, it's great because the seniors, they have the, the Shrine Bowl and the North-South game, but you'll have an outstanding junior that doesn't get that exposure as the wait to the following year. But what you're doing this, you're putting them on a platform to get that before their senior year even opens up. So it's a great move by you and um, whomever else is, you know, helping you put this event on. Yeah, no doubt. That's, of course, uh, Mr. Uh, Ken Brown with the high school blitz. You guys know he has that championship belt that he hands out throughout the year, after the year, with an award program there. But uh, he and I talked about this, and Coach Smitty's one of the coaches. He's actually going to coach the this side of the uh, of Columbia, and they've got another coach in the upstate. But Coach Smitty will be there. He's a big contributor here. Of course, uh, he's a coach over at C.E. Murray, uh, and uh, he's going to be there on uh, Saturday on the 20th. 7th of June, and then we're actually taking the, the ride up to Myrtle Beach. We're going to be at Conway High School on the 25th to do the same thing with the kids up there on the Grand Strand and the PD area. Uh, but the reason that I picked Woodland, the reason I picked Conway, is because you know like I do, Jay, and where do we go when people come to town? They always come to Charleston. They always go to the same schools. They get the same love. I said, not today, my friend. We're going to head over there with Simon. We're going to enjoy one of them, by the way, one of the best stadiums in the area, newly stadiums because I do think Somerville's got that tradition. But I like what those guys at Woodland have, the stands. They've got it. They've got the Jumbotron. We've got a DJ set up, so there's going to be some music bumping. There's going to be a food truck rodeo going on. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a combine through all the excitement. But it's going to be something I get for the community up there in um, Dorchester. Of course, that's the St. George area as well. But geographically, and you know this as well as I do, I think it opens the door for everybody because it's a 45-minute drive for about nine, maybe ten different places that are going to be coming in on that Saturday morning, Jay. Yeah, I mean, Columbia is more in the middle. But, I mean, if you're going to get any closer to Columbia, it's probably wouldn't, you know, as far as everybody being able to be around the same distance from getting to the event. So I think it's a great location. And uh, like you said, some of you have this tradition, but I think we do have the best facility there. Uh, Facility-wise, they have a tradition to go along with theirs. But you talk about the turf field and the jumbotron and the stands, and so I think these kids are going to definitely enjoy the event that y'all are putting on. 
and uh, they'll have a great place to play it on as well. No doubt about it. So uh, we did talk yesterday. Coach Seibert spoke highly of you. Of course, I spoke highly of you, so your ears ought to have been itching pretty good for a lot. I don't know, somewhere between 6.30 and 6.45, uh, you know, we, we were talking about the high praises that you and your guys are doing in the league. And, of course, we're partnered with the South Carolina uh, Youth Football Association. And we're live right now with the commissioner, Jay Williams, joins us here for his Thursday segment. And uh, now let's talk some football with you guys, man. A couple of weeks are under your belt now. Where are we? Where, what, what is the forecast right now? And uh, I, I guess they've got, you know, stage one, two, and three. Is that kind of what you guys are trying to do right now? Or, or where are we at right now with your league? Yes, we're uh, we're definitely following the high school guidelines with the stages. Um, from all the schools down here in uh, the league in the Low Country area, are following the stage one, two, and three. From my understanding, the Upstate is currently well, not just the Upstate. Every place in South Carolina, from my understanding, is not following the same guidelines as of right now. It's on a, a district by district or a county by county basis. So some schools are still some teams are still following what their schools and their county are doing, but in the Low Country where we all been approved for the first three stages, that's what we're following right now. Um, the small groups of ten or less, keeping those groups together, stage one, um, and then we'll roll into stage two and stage three here shortly in hopes of starting the season on time. Now, we talk about starting on time. For those who are joining us, uh, we will be doing the Saturday night game of the week right here on Southern Sports Central. We'll have uh, the two teams that uh, the commission has put in on the field on that Saturday night matinee. Popcorn and sodas uh, will be out and about. And, of course, we'll be right there with them there in the uh, – I believe we're going to be over there at Gahagan. Is that where the, the game of the week will be played in Gahagan? Uh, no. Uh, the game of the week no? will be at – whatever location is um, hosting. So game of the week, the first night, first week of the season, you will be at Stratford High School with their feeder program. Um, the second week you, if I, I don't have a schedule in front of me, but you should be at Somerville. I'm not sure if they're playing at the high school or at the stadium, but you'll be there. And then the third week of the season, you'll be at Woodland. I'm not sorry. We're on the road. You'll be at Ashley Ridge. They are. Gotcha, gotcha. So there you go. That's a little peek ahead of where Eugene, myself, and a few others with Southern Sports Center, along with the commission, his crew, uh, will be taking it to Stratford, to Somerville, and to AR in the first three Saturday nights. As, uh, we're excited about that opportunity there uh, as we're live right now with the commissioner. Um, so you, you've gotten a few things going on right now. Uh, kind of update us on anything else that's going on, Jay. I know that, you know, uh, we've gotten the dust off the cleats. We've tightened them up a little bit with the pads are out and about. I've been uh, in communication with, I think, about every one of your coaches, and uh, there's a lot of new things that could be going on. Of course, you know, you and I kind of went back and forth on that earlier today, but, you know, the growth is, is just astronomical, man. From where you were not even last year, let's talk two months ago, to where you are tonight as we talk about this, this incredible league that you guys have put together. It just seems like it's growing overnight. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it grows every day. To be honest with you, Richie, I know um, Simon was on the show. We talked about getting the Collinsville County teams involved and teams in that area. Now, um, I had some. I had a West Ashley team reach out to me that they're trying to get everything situated with West Ashley High School and hopefully join in. And then James Island is trying to do the same thing. So we're growing. Um, 
I've talked to Coach Call, who you had on the show multiple times. He's looking to start one up at Oceanside next year. You know, he just took that job. Wando's interested. So eventually, I think we'll we'll be where we want to be, and that's at every high school. Uh, some just slower than others. And when you got coaches changes and COVID nineteen, which was unexpected, you know, coming in a situation, everyone can't move at the same speed as others. But I definitely think. Uh, eventually we'll be to that point and uh, we're seeing a growth. I mean, we went from a nine-team league to a 32-team league right now uh, with continued growth. I mean, like I said, West Ashley and James Ollie can join any day down, and that would put us at 34. I mean, we've we've branched out all the way to Gaffney, South Carolina, and Anderson, and Spartanburg. So the league is definitely growing, and just wanted to continue to grow and want all these athletic directors and head coaches to support their youth programs in the league. Live right now with the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the one and only Jay Williams joining us here on Southern Sports Central for his segment here on Thursday night, brought to you by our friends of Regurance Pharmacy. Uh, if you look at the, the state of South Carolina, he's broken it down into four different conferences. The SEC down here in the Charleston and into Buford area that kind of gets up and looks like in the Orangeburg a little bit. And then in the PD slash Horry County, Myrtle Beach area, that would be the Pac-12 and in there somewhere Columbia looks like to be the Big 12. And then the ACC, it's kind of fitting, right? It's up there in Clemson and Greenville and and, and all of that. Any chance that, that you could possibly have this down the road? You may already have this in the works, Jake. That you take the best team from the SEC, the best team from the Pac-12, the best team from the Big 12 and the ACC at their age group and meet in a common spot and have an actual state championship game in each level and each age group, or at least definitely the older kids. That's exactly what's occurring this year. Um, it's, it's happening this year. So you'll we'll play the first two games of the season are non-conference games where you'll play a team from a different conference home one week and away the next, and then you get into conference play. And then after conference play, we have a conference playoff. Each conference winner will meet in a in a state playoff format, so a four-team format, similar to the college football playoff format to determine a true state champion in each age group. And right now that game is supposed to be hosted at South Carolina State. Uh, so right. uh, that is exactly what's happening this year. So we would be able to crown a quote-unquote true state champion this year. I love it, man. I think that right now is one of the exciting things for me that I sit here and I think – you know, that we're, without a doubt, showing it right here. We're all on the same page. And as you heard Jerry Hughes just a minute ago, we're all in the same vision. We're all going in the same direction. We just might be in a different car to get there, but our goal is to take care of these young people. Let me ask you this, Jay. Uh, Brian Rutherford is the athletic director over Seminole High School. Uh, they have decided in Dorchester County, and just in, in this side, because I did find out yesterday that that's not the case in Woodland. Woodland Middle School still has a football team. Uh, but everybody else down in this world, and that would be Ashy Ridge and Fort Dorchester and Somerville, have done away with middle school ball. Now, that being said, it sounds like the B team is going to be seventh and eighth graders. So, of course, uh, there is going to be uh, a, a loss of opportunity, maybe the right word to say, with certain kids. Have you and the – I would say, have you and the other athletic directors, have they been in touch with you about 
what's going on and, and trying to get you to kind of push a little bit harder to make sure that these people and, and the individuals, if they don't make the B team, hey, you can come over here. But by then, you know, is, is it going to be too late for these guys to get in? Well, I haven't spoke with uh, Brian Rutherford directly, but I have spoke with Coach Surprise at Fort Dorchester and uh, Fiddler and Walker at Ashley Ridge in regards to that situation. And they are trying to funnel the kids that are 12 and under back to our league, and then they will keep, you know, the ones that are over 12 for their B team. I know uh, Coach Filler threw out at Ashley Ridge. If he has 100 kids come out that are over the age of 12, he wants to keep all 100. Uh, he doesn't want it to be that that place where no one has to play. No one, no kid has a place to play football. So, I mean, if they're young enough to play in our league, of course, send them down there. If they're old enough or too old for our league, then he plans on keeping them. Um, I think that's a great mentality to have. So that kind of avoids that gap of these kids not having a place to play. And I know uh, Woodland advised that, you know, we're not doing away with middle school ball, which is true. You weren't told anything incorrect. But we never had a B team in a sense. Um, So our middle school is like our B team. So what everybody else is doing now, we've been doing in a sense. So we'll still keep the 7th and 8th graders, and they're our B team basically. And then the younger kids come to the youth program. Um, and that's what everybody else is doing now. So their seventh and eighth graders are now their B team, which has always basically been the case at Woodland. And then the ninth and above have to play JV, which, you know, solid ninth graders at Woodland because we're a smaller two-way school on a varsity team um, right. in the past. So um, I think everybody's just – getting on the same page now. Using different terminology for it, but everyone's getting on the same page. Like you said earlier, we might be driving different cars, but we're all going to the same location. I'm into that. And I can tell you this, I know Somerville, because of my affiliation on the Friday nights with these guys, is that you see they had struggled finding B-team schools other than in Dorchester County. And they ended up playing the same game twice and this, that, and the other. So, yeah, I, I like the fact that we're, for whatever purpose, I like that to get on the same accord when it comes to the, the language. I, I think that's going to be a big part, too. But we're at least taking steps in the right direction as we're live right now uh, with the man of the hour, Jay Williams, joining us uh, as he is the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And another thing is that we've seen youth programs have been struggling for a long time. Sponsorship has been harder to get. Things have started to kind of fall. And, and this is not just – I wouldn't say locally, but nationally, we've seen a lot of articles coming out. But I think this is going to help maybe give that youth program a little bit of a push. And the thing that I liked that I saw this last week, and I know Curse Pratt over there at Fort really well, and I've gotten to know Nod, who is the uh, the man with the plan with the youth program at Fort Dorchester. But when you see the man with the plan at the youth right there along with that same vision as the head coach of the high school that he's representing of the youth program, Shoulder to shoulder, side by side. I thought that right there spoke volumes and had to be one of the most proudest moments in, in, in your time here as the commissioner of this league, Jay. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved it. Uh, and that's the relation that we want to build throughout the entire league is to have a director like Nas partnering with an athletic director and a head coach who goes to Pratt here as both of those titles. With that bond, 
And that's what we want throughout the whole league because that's what's going to make this league successful. And like you mentioned, you program struggling in the past. Well, if you get the backing of your high school and of your athletic director and your head football coach, we won't struggle as much to get these programs off the ground because it's just simple things that they can help with that will avoid that. I mean, uh, none none of our youth programs own field, but if these High schools can say, hey, y'all can play our game, y'all games here on Saturday, no charge. That'll put more money back into the youth programs where they can put more money back into the kids to make it successful. Or, you know, it, it may not be a field issue for a program. Maybe, hey, I'm short on coaches. Well, I'll get my, my coaches on my staff to come down and help you guys, you know, after practice for a couple minutes. You know, it might not be the whole two-hour practice after they just had their own practice, but might come out and give you a hand for 30 minutes or an hour and incorporate what we do here in the high school level with the youth, I think that will be a tremendous help to the youth programs. And that's all we need is the support to keep this thing growing, to get to the level that we want to have it at. No doubt about it. It is going to take us all to work together to get to that final destination together. And we are right on that path with the leadership of Jay Williams, the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association, joining us here for his 6.30 segment on Thursdays. Of course, uh, we're looking to start getting some athletes in here. We talked to the coaches at all the schools. Well, not all the schools, but most of the schools for sure. And uh, we've also had uh, some other individuals join us from this league. And we're so excited, Jay, to be a part of this. We can't wait to uh, to get out. We've been invited by Nod. We've been invited by the Ashley Ridge coach to come out. So we're going to be taking them up on this opportunity to come watch them practice and at least uh, shake hands and put some faces together. That way when these young kids see us in town, being here in Somerville or anywhere else that we are, we want them to feel comfortable to walk up to us and tell us today and, hey, what's happening in their life? Because that's the fun part, right? That's what we're excited about, having a player of the game. And we'll have a cheerleader come on uh, the following day as well. And uh, we're just going to really, I think, take this to the next level. We just appreciate you guys. Letting it be a part of it, Jay. Well, I think uh, the the kids are going to appreciate you way more than I know. I mean that you can appreciate appreciate us being a part of it. Like <laughs> an eight year old getting his name called out over the radio station and being announced player of the week after player of the game after the game. I mean, I'm, that's amazing. And uh, this is something that these kids will never forget for the rest of their life with us incorporating things like this. So I just think it's just great that you are willing to partner with us and make this work and make this thing as big as it can can possibly be. And the yet, as we say, the best is yet to come here. Not only are we going to be radio live, we'll also be Facebook live because we're going to have a live stream so you can watch them, you can hear them, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to get these young kids to, again, some of the fun part about watching uh, the, the young kids is that their helmets are heavier than their bodies. So as they're leaning as far as they can go forward, their head is completely tilted backwards. To me, that's just, that's just entertainment at its best, Jay, and we can't wait to be a part of it. But enjoy the night. I'm actually catching up with you maybe after the show. If not, I'm doing it tomorrow. Uh, and i got to try to catch up with you in Somerville somewhere on Saturday. got some things I want to catch up. But uh, appreciate you, man. Looking forward to it. Tell the family we said hello. And uh, thank you so much for all that you do for our community uh, in and outside of a football facility and just the time that you take and put into these kids, whether it be the cheerleaders, the players, 
the moms and dads and for your wife and, and, and your family to allow you to do that, you know, we appreciate them as well. All right, and I appreciate you having me on Thursday, 6.30 segment. Richie, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, just give me a ring after the show or tomorrow, whatever. We can catch up, set a date, sit down, and get everything in order. You got it, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the night. Until next time, we'll see you around the corner. All right, man. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only, of course, he is the commissioner. And it starts and stops with Jay Williams with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We got to take a break. For this time to head to Mount Pleasant, count on two's very own Logan River is going to join us here at the top of the hour. I get a chance to hang out with him on Sunday nights. He does the best he can. I mean, again, you know, uh, the green suit kind of set it off over the holidays. But we'll talk about that and a lot of other great things that are happening around the state, the low country, and around the country in sports. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with hour two. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman, alongside, well, the man, the myth, and the new legend of Mount Pleasant. He's a Channel 2, probably, or he may be at home. I'm not sure. Logan, uh, of course, uh, is one of the most entertaining guys on the news TV, and I get a chance to hang out with him on Sunday nights over there at Channel 2. And I don't know what he was thinking, but he, uh, he stomachs it for about 10 minutes, and it's a fun time. But I do want to shout out to Somerville and Simmons Barbershop, located at 139 North Main Street, right here in downtown Somerville. You can find them uh, here in town, or you can give them a shout at 843-873-2861. They're open on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays uh, from 7.30 in the morning. They shut down about 4.30. They're closed on Sundays and Tuesdays, and then they close early on Saturday. So, Logan, if you're getting a haircut, you've got to get in there early on the Saturday. But without further ado, Logan, I welcome you back in here with me, buddy. What's up? Not much. Uh, the haircut situation is um, well needed. It's, it's a fluid situation. That that term is usually used for something uh, you know a little bit more serious. But I, I consider this a pretty dire matter. Um, when it comes right. to to where I'm currently located, you're wondering if I'm at home or at the station. I'm just in limbo. That is that is the location we're gonna say. Uh, I've, I've been for maybe about three months now. That's that's kind of been where I'm at. I'm doing well, pal. How about yourself? <laughs> We're good, man. I just uh, I appreciate the high school coaches moving around. You know, it's kind of like musical chairs, but with high school coaches, so they've kept us busy. Uh, and, and there's yep. been a few other things that have kept us busy, and we didn't have to cover cover underwater basket weaving as a sport. You know, I mean, I, that would have kind of gotten old quick. They'll get their chance one day. It just wasn't the right period of time. Those guys, they work hard. Well, maybe a couple of years down the line, they'll get their moment. But it was too, it was just too soon for the underwater basket weaving community. <laughs> Now, of course, uh, Logan and I have a chance to work together on Friday nights uh, when he shows up at a stadium that I'm at. Other than that, I get a chance to hang out with him at the TV station at Channel 2 on Sunday nights. And it's a dream come true for me. You know, the camera can only do so much. And, uh, again, I always have a good time. And you, you by far, you bring a different style of, of sports uh, TV here to the market. and it, It's very much like the old ESPN, you know, because for me, you know, your sense of humor, it, it really it, – it's it's – First of all, it's genuine, and I love that part about you. But uh, it's just as entertaining to hear what you're talking about as much as it is how you cover it, man. Where did you kind of get some of the sarcasm, but yet you turn it into entertainment as well uh, as you do your broadcast every night on Channel 2? 
I'm glad that so – do, do you guys record the show? Because I want to take that clip that you just said, and I want to send it to every ex-girlfriend I've ever had because I finally get somebody <laughs> that really understands the, the whole – no. Uh, honestly, a lot of kind of where it, it starts back to, and, 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 you know, you get a lot of – as you kind of go along and broadcast in general, it's all you sort of get the repetition. You start to figure things out a little bit more. Um, it's honestly just you try to be as close to yourself as possible. I think that's the, the stuff that you learn over time. And, and I've gotten some great advice from people that I admire personally, um, you know, over the years and sort of getting going, but it's honestly, you know, you, you talk about style and stuff like that, try to be the same way I am in my, you know, kitchen at two in the morning that I am at, you know, 5 PM at on, you know, at the station on the news, it's, you try to be as close to the bone as, as you possibly can, because I, I like to think that, you know, viewers can respect that. You know, they can kind of sort of sense if, if you're putting on a facade or, or any sort of act. So, honestly, there's no there's no method to the madness. It's literally just psychotic energy at all times. And <laughs> glad that somebody actually might enjoy it, which is a huge a huge step for me. And I'll be sure to to send that to all the all the exes who, if they're not listening to the show, then I'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope they are because if they are, they just got taught a little lesson about who the real Logan is here. Uh, on some yeah, of I'm like, it's too late. Gonna you get can't get it back. It's too late. <laughs> You're not where you left me. I've moved on. I'm not there any longer. You always hear that slogan. If you leave me, when you come back, I'm not going to be here. Okay, well, exactly. really, you're you're not where they left you because you come from the north. Let's let's find out who is Logan. I mean, because I I can go back and I almost put an old picture of you up that I found because of the world of social media. Oh, it's so good to us. <laughs> we found an old, I think, college picture of you, but we decided not to do that. We said, no, we're, we're not going to do that. But um, for those guys who may not know, where did you come from? What, what, what connection in sports did you play? You're a pretty tall guy. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, I'm short, but he's a lot taller. It makes me look shorter. But, you know, kind of tell us, man, where did you grow up? Where are you from? What sports you played? And what kind of got you into the industry that you and I get to do? Well, you do it every every night on TV, and I get to hang out on the radio. I'm wondering how you got my mom's contact to get access to those pictures, because that's the really interesting part of this all. I have to tell her to, to stop texting you in general with all those blackmail photos of me as a fat child. Um, no, it's sort of growing up, it was honestly just uh, – I, I was born in New Hampshire in sort of the New England region. My, my dad worked in Boston for a number of years, but my whole family's based out of there. Um, but I grew up in South Florida. I moved there actually when I was one and, and pretty much had my whole adolescence and through high school there. But I would pop back up to the New Hampshire and Boston area, you know, most summers out of my life. And uh, then went to school back up in Boston. And, uh, you know, that's where I became the low-level scum of a, you know, of a human that I am today, you know, between the sports fan and, and just, you know, learning to, to sort of get in this industry and, and finally making it to here. But, uh yeah, so just kind of between those couple, his first job was Louisiana, which is another just wild, crazy place. And now somehow Charleston has become the most tame of them all in a in a crazy set of circumstances, which I, you know, I think if you told most people that, that they'd be pretty surprised. But now I've been crazy enough. It's been almost two years at this point here, and it's you know it's it's been it's been pretty amazing, honestly, kind of a, along the ride. Live right now with the one and only from Channel 2 Sports, uh, Logan River joins us right here on Southern Sports Central, 7 o'clock segment here. And uh, we're, we're trying to do this with everybody. When we bring them in, we want you to know not just who you see on TV, just like our athletes. We want you to know where they came from, what they're all about. Of course, uh, not much to say their favorite color or their favorite place to eat, which let me ask you, man, you're kind of two years into Charleston. So far, where's your favorite spot to eat on a Friday night or 
a Saturday or whatever day, you get a chance to actually get out of the studio. You see, you, you know, and I, I like to think that your approach here, it's the same thing that you, you wouldn't text a girl those things. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be like, get to know her. You wouldn't be like, hey, what's your favorite color? Or like, you know, where what's your sort of, what food do you like to eat? It's like, no, that stuff is, you know, we, we don't need to get to all that stuff. That's not going to tell me anything about you. You got to get down to the nitty gritty and we got to find out the real stuff. So I respect it. Um, favorite place to go and eat is my, my boys over at Cairo's. I am just a fiend. I am just an addict for Mediterranean food. And uh, yeah. it, gets to, it gets to the point, when you walk in and you don't even have to order, you don't even have to say what you want and it's already being prepared, I don't know if that's a good thing or a very, very pathetic thing, but I'm going to take advantage of it because <laughs> that's, the, that's the point that we've gotten by boys over at Cairo. So anything Mediterranean is, is, is my speed. But I will literally eat anything, so that is almost, you know, a cop-out of a question in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for what we do, and you guys, of course, uh, you know, we cover a lot of things. We're never really home very much during the season. Uh, and you've been home a lot. And, and let's get a little bit into the creativity. Right. With, uh, I've seen a lot of guys doing, you know, uh, Facebook Live. They've done a lot of uh, iPhone Lives and all that kind of stuff. You know, you've done a really great job. And, and, and I will give everybody in Charleston a, a, a tip of the cap when it comes to getting creative. You see the guys you know, you had to kind of reach deep, man. You guys had to go a little different angle than us guys on the radio where, you know, we don't have to get quite as creative. We just have to be informative because you just hear our voice. What was kind of your right. motivation when, when you saw COVID-19 take you out of the studio and land you in your kitchen? It's a, it's a really interesting question. And it's honestly, it's, um, it's so loaded that it's, you know, you almost don't even have the, the time to get to all of it. I think when this first started out, you, you didn't really know how long it was going to happen, right? So it's, you know, when, when you're first starting to hear, and it, I, I just vividly remember the night that the, in my opinion, the night that the NBA officially, when Rudy Gobert tested positive, when that shut down is when I think this all really started. And when I say this all, I mean just from a society standpoint, because I think a lot of people started to take it more serious. And I think at that point you're sort of wondering, okay, they'll be suspended. I know I personally was like, okay, maybe it'll be like a month off or something like that, not knowing as much about, you know, we still don't know much about the virus, honestly. But back then, you know, you just figure, oh, it's going to be something like a month. And, you know, you'll do a couple of stories. And then as it starts to go on, you you sort of – you're starting to realize the severity of it and just the the serious nature of it all and how not only is nothing going on, but nothing's going to be the same after, right? So that's that's right. been a, a large part of it too. But in a weird way, there's been a lot of silver linings through this. And I think that our job specifically in sports, even though there wasn't necessarily games going on, has been to take people's minds away from reality because that's always been the purpose of sport. It's always been to, you know, whatever problems you have in your day-to-day life, we're going to put those on hold while this game's going on and give you something to, to pay attention to and put all of your focus in. And I think that it's been a similar mindset even during this all, because we've had a chance to tell stories that we never would have had the chance to meet people that we never would have had the chance to even being in the sports realm, because when you're flying from game to game to shoot highlight and highlight, you know, you don't get a chance to sometimes do some of these feature stories and come across individuals that in a lot of ways, you know, have had such an impact not only on their community, but just on, you know, the sports world in general. But you would have never known if it wasn't for something that forces your hand when it comes to a creativity standpoint. It's like, yeah, we've had to be more creative, um, but it's been in all the right ways. You know, it's not like you're searching for something 
that isn't there. There's always a story in sports, and I think that's just the glorious thing about it is that you don't have to have a game to have a sports story. And I think that's been the biggest teaching tool through this all. And, and I've honestly gotten a greater appreciation for this time in, in an odd way because, you know, I, I feel that there's certain people in stories that if it wasn't for this situation would have never been able to have their stories told. And they're great stories and they're great people. And it, it, it sort of puts things in perspective of what's actually important, not only in the sports world, but in your own life because you, you come across all these different people and they just are doing so much and they're, you know, they're just so fantastic with the way that they sort of operate and care about others. Um, it, it's hard to not have a, a weird appreciation for this time. And, and I know that when it is all over, who knows when that'll be, whether it's months or years down the line, we're going to look back on this time and think about all the great things that came from it, whether that's spending time, you know, with family that you would have never gotten to, or just, you know, like we're talking about being in the sports and talking to people you never would have had the chance to, or just sort of decompressing. I don't know. Even if you get to work out a little bit more, you know, sort of madness from your own house, there's, there's always a benefit to every situation that seems negative. And um, I'm all about symbolism. And so this time is definitely enabled us all to sort of harness, you know, taking the good out of anything that seems bad on the surface. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been an interesting time to say the least, but you know, there's, there's been a lot of times that I've, I've been able to in, enjoy it in a weird way. Live right now, Logan Reader joins us right now. He, of course, is the man with the plan over WCBD Channel 2 Sports. I have a chance to hang out with him, of course, on Sunday nights as we talk high school sports. Uh, we recap it all. He gives me three seg- three things, and we knock it out, which, by the way, thanks to you, I'm, I'm welcomed on the campus at, at Fort Worcester. All right? They, they, they love good. me because, I, <laughs> see, you've re- you reunited us. Of course, I had the boys and men clip that I had. Of course, the Legion of Doom fellas. And uh, now I actually work out with them on Saturdays with uh, other athletes. Uh, Otis Mack wow. is uh, one of the parents, and he and me, we, we get our kids together, and, and he does it a lot more than me. I don't have as much time to do it, but I do it on Saturdays, and uh, it, it's been pretty neat. We ought to get you over there and let you see what it looks like to see Somerville, Ashley Ridge, Fort Dorchester, Berkeley, Stratford, Kane Bay, I think, has shown up, and all of them at the same time, Logan, have worked out together. And, uh, you know, again, we understand that Friday night they wear a different jersey, but right now they're all on the same team as far as getting better. So that when that season happens, and of course, Dorchester County is the last county to get the doors open for sports, I think, uh, because Berkeley County and Charleston County are in full-fledged right now, at least in Stage 1. Uh, it, it's been a pretty cool deal. Uh, Logan, you've seen not only COVID-19 affect sports with the early dismissal of spring sports. Uh, we'll talk about that, but we also have seen – the current situation, I know you had Marcus Lattimore one-on-one, and, and, and he by far is one of the best ambassadors, and it seems like anything he puts his hands on. Yeah, And uh, you did a great job covering him as well. But let's start with Marcus. Uh, Lattimore comes to South Carolina, uh, you know, right down from Burns to play for the Gamecocks. His legacy is on the field, but it's a bigger legacy off the field. Kind of tell us your thoughts and how he was able to really uh, – I think he impressed you, me, and everybody else with that interview you did a couple of days ago. You know, and it was it was extremely insightful, and, and the whole purpose behind it, and, and I was so lucky that he was able to sort of agree to it. He was the first person in, in what we're hoping is 
uh, a long line of, of black athletes and, and coaches to come in terms of just sharing their own experiences. Because the biggest thing right now, and especially myself as a white guy, is listening. You know, having those conversations mm-hmm. and just sitting back and actually understanding where somebody is coming from. And, and you have a guy like Marcus who accomplished so much through his time at South Carolina. Not, he had the highs and the lows, weirdly enough. You know, he's one of the game, greatest Gamecocks in their history, but then you also have a guy that suffered some of the most traumatic injuries we've seen on a football field and the kind of stuff that, you know, he had really great highs and he had really low lows. And to not only hear about that, but to hear about that in the context of being a black man in general was what really opened eyes, I think, because he's the, the biggest thing that I took away that he sort of said, and there was, I had to fit that into, you know, three minutes of time. We talked for an hour. There were so many quotes that I couldn't use just based on timing that was unfortunate that I would just would have loved to. But you know how it, it sometimes goes. You don't get all the time in the world to tell it all. So there were so many things that weren't even cut there that just were so insightful and powerful that he said um, that didn't even get a chance to, to get out there. But the main thing to take away was just you have these athletes, these college athletes in general, and, I, and I've seen different guys, current players, um, tweeting about it as well, sort of as black men, you know, would the same love for them be there if they weren't succeeding in the sport? And when Marcus was talking about leaving football and how when, he, you know, he's walking just down the street now that he's not, you know, sort of a household name and, and, and the same, you know, star running back for South Carolina, how he's treated just like any other black man and how that was different from when he was at South Carolina. And that alone should be, should open your eyes to the problem in this country. The fact that you treat somebody differently who's the same black person they were the entire time, but you treat them differently depending on if they're having success for your school or if they're away from your school. And that was just extremely, honestly, emotional to hear because you obviously have people that it's traumatic for them. You know, there were so many things that he said there's a lot of things I could say. And he was just even sharing a few of those stories. And um, it, it's tough to hear, but it's also important to hear. All of the things that, you know, we hear that maybe we don't want to hear, as, especially as white people, about what black people go through on a daily basis, we need to experience. And we need to, we need to hear firsthand through their eyes because that's the, the first step in actually making a change through this all. So to just have Marcus talking about the differences in his life and being, you know, just a black man in general, it, it, it hopefully opens the door for a lot of people to not only reflect on how they treat other people, but to call out other people who might be treating somebody of color a certain way going forward. So that's, that's the important thing in this country right now and, and hoping that this segment can, can get a lot more uh, athletes and coaches to share their experiences as well so we can continue to open eyes and, and continue this important conversation all around, not only the sports world, but just in society. No doubt. And we're live right now. Logan River joins us uh, for a seven o'clock segment coming all the way from there or here, wherever he's at. That's where he's at. Of course, he's usually over there. I'm in limbo. Remember, sports. I'm in limbo. He's in limbo. <laughs> he's not at the barbershop. If you see that video, nor him or Marcus Lattimore at the barbershop because it's, no. it's COVID-19 style uh, 2020. Uh, and, and the thing that he said, and, and I'm going to move forward with this too, but he says, I'm no longer Marcus Lattimore. I'm just a black man in right. America. And how touching is that and how humbling is that? Because on this show, we say it all the time, 
Don't love these kids on Friday and don't recognize them on Saturday. Don't love them and cheer for them on Saturday and not recognize them at church right. on Sunday. You know, it's, it's a big deal, and, and it takes guys like you and I, and I think this is why you and I work well together, and, and we get a chance to do so many things, and you welcome me in your studio, and I, of course, always open the door for you here. Uh, and just matter of fact, two weeks, a week ago from this past Tuesday, I had five African-American men right here on Southern Sports Central. I had uh, – here's a guy that you might want to get on your show, by the way, is Harry Blake. Now, Harry Blake was the second African-American to ever play at Somerville. And then he, of course, went to, by God, West Virginia to play for a guy who had left before he got there, ended up playing for Bobby Bowden. He then, of course, does great things. He was the, I think, first African-American uh, at West Virginia on the track team. There's a, lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of history there, Logan. But he then came home to Somerville where he played for the legendary coach McKissick, opened up an all-state branch, retired, right, uh, had three amazing daughters who now have their amazing families. And uh, he is a great speaker, so I think you could actually get something. And I think he would love to speak Absolutely. to you because he came on our show, and uh, that may be somebody I lean on you with. Of course, we also had yeah, the head coach from Cross come on the show. We had uh, yeah. a former Citadel guy who, uh, again, Everett Sands, who's coached Marcus Lattimore, matter of fact. We just wanted to get five individuals you know, that, that, that could educate us, like you said. And, I, and I've told other coaches this, A, be yourself when you talk to somebody, and you don't, cause you don't know. You will never know what anybody else goes through. You can try. You can think about it, but you'll never know the difference. It's as small as getting pulled over for a traffic light. It's just little things to you, but it's big things to them. So, you know, and the other thing is just listen. I think those are probably the best advice that you could give somebody in a situation. Let's stay to this topic a little bit, Logan, because yesterday NASCAR, I think, shocked the world. They actually moved faster than the NFL. And we had this conversation with a uh, sports writer out of Charlotte at the beginning of the show. But with them doing away with the uh, Confederate flag, Logan, you're from Florida. You lived in Florida, but you've also lived in some other places. This is still shocking for guys like you and I who have covered NASCAR for so long. And, you know, it, it is what it is when you call it the good old boy uh, sport. And now they're taking a turn thanks to Bubba Wallace and his interview with CNN. Yeah, and um... – I think the the important thing to remember is because, you know, it is important. And there's also been, you know, you're always going to have backlash in these times, no matter what you say or do. So, there's, you know, you've seen backlash from it as well from certain people. And, and I just think the important thing to keep in perspective for, for everybody is that when you have only one black full-time driver in NASCAR and he's talking about being uncomfortable when those are at races, that's reason enough to get rid of them, you know? Even if it's just one person who is completely, you know, sort of petrified by seeing that in the stands, that's reason enough for change. And I think you, you hear from certain people about, you know, the certain joy that the, the flag thing that NASCAR got right in this situation is that they, they heard and they saw from one of their own about what it does, what resides in them when they see that flag. And they, they realized that it was, you know, wor- those words and, and that perspective was worthy of removing it. And I think that's actual change. They listened to Bubba Wallace, what he had to say, what he's experienced in his life, and they decided that they had to go a different way with it, which is I think the only thing you can ask of people right now is to listen to their words and then take action in your own life. And they did just that. So it's, it's definitely a commendable act, in, in my opinion, personally. 
Live right now, Logan River joins us here on Southern Sports Central with WCBD, Count on Two Sports. He's the man with the plan over there in the news station or the sports studio over there at Channel 2 in Mount Pleasant. Uh, out of all this that, that's happened with COVID-19, and we'll kind of shift back to COVID before I get you out of here, uh, what's one of the craziest stories or, or something that you've covered that, quite frankly, has been like, wow, I, I never thought that was coming, but yet, thanks to sitting still for a minute, <laughs> I have a chance to listen. The craziest story that – just tra- talking about these couple of months here, the craziest one we've done? Yeah, so far, yeah, because you've had some – you, you've been really creative, uh, again, thanks to Zoom and, and Skype and Facebook and any right. other avenue that you've had. What, what's something maybe, – and maybe it wasn't something you covered, Logan. Maybe it's something that you read, you saw. Of course, you know, we all got a chance to get to know the real Scotty Pippen. And, again, I, I actually I, <laughs> I enjoyed getting to find out that, you know what, that guy, he's a gamer, man. I wasn't as big a fan of him until after watching that, that, that Michael Jordan series. But, but we've learned a lot. A, I always tell people this, Logan, is – Everybody ought to win at, at, at sports trivia when these bars and restaurants or whoever does trivia night because we right. want enough 30 for 30 to know. But but we've also had a chance to really, like you say, and, and we've done this at Southern Sports Central, is we've, we've peeled the, the onion back and, and not just seen the outside. We, we've actually kind of cut open and seen the inside of some people that we would not have had a chance to get to know them had sports taken a break. Mm, definitely. I think it's just just the craziest. So what's what's so nuts is that you know obviously time doesn't really exist in this three month stretch. You know obviously three months, but it felt more like three years. So just thinking back to all of the individual ones that have that have happened at this point. I mean, like for for God's sake, I I did a snap off against some high school kid who's the number one long snapper in the state and just failed so miserably. And like you could you could qualify that as 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 crazy but it just all of the different things like we're in terms of just the times in general we're not even talking about the murder hornets that are probably going to head for us one of these days soon that's another thing too these <laughs> these murder hornets out in washington that are like the size of some people's like palms that are apparently sticking into people trying to like give them severe wealth that's the, probably the craziest thing i've read um but no i just i think the the thing about this time that's that's really just been it's it's honestly been amazing because it just continues to baffle you and just even get crazier because at this point, you know, when the next thing happens, you're not even surprised. You're like, Oh, this is 2020. That just makes sense that something more wild would happen at this point. So I think everybody's shock factor has flown out of the window uh, for the most part. But um, in terms of that, I might have to to get back in, in in terms of the, the craziest one that's happened over this. There's, there's a few that, that, that sort of come to mind, but I feel like there's maybe one or two that I might be missing because mentally maybe you block them out because it's just so wild and you, you try to sleep at night. So you try not to think about the memories of it. But I, at this point, I, I think I would go with the uh, long snapping against basically a kid in high school and asking him not to beat me down too bad is basically where I'm going to head with that. There's been so many. We found out that a kid from Oceanside has probably a five-star gym to the bad situation, a long snapping situation, of course, to the bad haircuts, to you name it, they've covered it. And, of course, over at Channel 2, it's all done with uh, five-star finesse with Logan River over there, of course. Uh, Logan, I want to say this uh, before I get you out of there and send you back to wherever that is. Uh, Hey, I appreciate (laughs) you, man. I can't wait to get back in there with you on Sunday nights, man. Uh, You 
you've uh, you've made my dreams come true when I get the chance to sit in there with you and we talk Friday night football on a Sunday night and you know the kids look forward to it you know I get inboxed all the time and uh, so of course I'm looking forward to hopefully continuing that this season uh, and uh, we started late so we actually get, may get a good jump on this thing if, if we keep doing it but uh, you didn't bust my chops too much man you actually made me feel good and uh, you got on me once for wearing the green suit which I thought it was appropriate but there again uh, I think you said it looked like I got dumped in a toxic, a toxic bucket. You know, I was, just, I was uh, in a good mood a couple of times, you know. I, I, I figured I wasn't yeah. trying to – we'll ruin your reputation later. In the meantime, we'll, we'll sort of build you up, and then we'll break you down at a future at a future date. I think that's sort of my, my method of thinking there. Well, man, anytime you get a chance, I want you to know I'd love for you to come on. If you can find three hours or two hours or one hour, I'd love for you to you know co-host the show with me, man. It would be a lot of fun. Because you guys are in front of the TV. You guys, uh, you know, you're bouncing around. You have to get back to the studio. you got to edit a lot of things. You have to do this, do that. You know, it looks easy, right, with your 15 minutes of fame there. But, man, there's a lot that goes into your TV gig that we don't deal with over here in the radio world. Uh, That is the case. But, you know, it's a beautiful madness that you grow an appreciation for more and more every day, weirdly enough. And even during this time, I've honestly – loved coming to work and 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 that's the that's the thing too is that a lot of people are out of work and so you honestly just feel grateful that you get to have any job let alone the one that we do where we get to talk about sports so um no just always always appreciative of of this job and i'm sure as somebody like yourself who gets to talk about sports daily you can see that as well and and you, and you can attest to that so it's been an important time in a lot of ways but you know we're pretty lucky dudes in the scheme of things no doubt about it. I will send you the information. I know I sent it to you uh, through a text about June 27th at Woodland. There's going to be a combine that Southern Sports Central and the guys over there at the high school blitz are going to get the up-and-coming juniors. And uh, we're going to allow some of the uh, seniors. Four seniors are going to get in there because of the COVID-19. We're going to open it up for them. But the guys that they're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking to put in to uh, kind of like a north-south or shrine bowl game, if you will. But it's going to be juniors instead of the seniors. Uh, they'll have a combine here in Charleston at the Woodland facility up there with Coach Cyber. That's going to kick off at uh, 10 o'clock on June 27th. It's the last Saturday of June. So uh, I'll keep up to date with you, but I'd love to get you up there to cover it. I know it would be nice to see a lot of uh, big names around Charleston because we're going to get guys from Bluffton, Buford, all the low country here in Charleston area, of course. And uh, we'll have some kids from Orangeburg and Santee, man. So you should uh, get a chance to enjoy some uh, some good food because I've already – Rounded up some food trucks. So oh, now, food now truck radio. Okay, now you've got me. The food was that was an important that was an important thing. Okay, I'm actually listening now. Okay. <laughs> no, any well, story. What are y'all working? Any story is a godsend, so that would be greatly appreciated. Man, we're looking forward to getting you out there. And uh, so, tell us, man, what are you guys working on tonight? What are you working on the rest of this week? And uh, kind of plug yourself, man. Tell us where we can find you. And how do we keep up with you guys over at Channel Two? Wow, a platform for myself. It's, whew, this is this is foreign to get used to. No, this uh this 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 week is sort of I'm actually extremely excited for tomorrow's story and, and it's actually it's a Somerville story, so there there you go. So now I got the perfect plug for you. Um no, I'm actually extremely extremely excited about tomorrow's story. Uh get to tell the story about a uh a resident there who uh became is coming up on the ten year anniversary of the day that he had a motorcycle accident that led to him becoming paralyzed, but that's, that's not the story in general. It's about how he became a world champion archery player and how he picked up archery after the accident. And just a lot of how 
just a lot of how this world is crazy in so many ways, but, you know, in his words, the accident was not the end and how he completely turned his life around and, and, and changed his life. And, and honestly, how he wouldn't trade any second of his life. So it's, it's a cool story, especially for these times when we talk about being grateful for things. That's, that's one that's going to be exciting to, to air tomorrow, finishing that up tonight. Um, that'll be airing at five, six, ten, and eleven, so you really can't miss it. Um, a little summer tie, Somerville, um, and and he was he was an extremely charismatic guy, and and uh, obviously extremely determined, focused, and and just a a pleasure to interview and and to talk about his experiences. Um, so that's one w- that we got for tomorrow, and uh, who knows what next week holds? That is that's, this time has taught us. No, there is, there's no such thing as a future. It is right now. And you better appreciate it because so we'll, we'll see what next week brings, but we know what tomorrow has. And, and that's, that's, that's important right now. You got it, buddy. God bless you. Thank you again for all the opportunities that you've given me and, and for being a part of my dream here at Southern Sports Central jumping on tonight. This would be uh, the first of many, man, because the kids are back out on the field or at least in some capacity. So uh, you and I will catch up again and I'm going to actually reach out to you tomorrow because I want to get some things, uh, to you as well, buddy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. There he goes. Logan River joins us all the way from WB, uh, WCBD over there on Count on Two Sports, as uh, he does an incredible job. And I tell you what, the, the fun part about Logan, okay, is, is number one is his personality. I mean, this guy, he's, he's as entertaining on TV, and, and he's twice as entertaining off the air, but his personality is great. His heart's in the right place, and that's why you're seeing the success that he's having here in the Low Country. And uh, you know, I hear so many great things. And for him to welcome me in, I don't know if he's crazy or uh, trying to get a ticket to heaven, but either way, uh, I greatly appreciate uh, the opportunity that I do get to work with him and the guys and girls over at Channel Two. So we're going to take a quick break to come back. We're going to head to the Upstate. We're heading to Ken Brown with the High School Blitz. We're talking combine. Don't go anywhere. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. It has got a habit down. 
and rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. God knows just I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep on back. Wish I could roll home back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't go. Your Thursday night edition. It's been a solid when we started in the well on the border, as we had Joe Hughes from the of course uh, middle of North and South Carolina. He covers it for the Gaston Gazette. Works for the Shelby Star. Uh, he was a uh, beat writer for the uh, Sun News there in Myrtle Beach, and he's a huge contributor right here on Southern Sports Central. Then at 6:30, we stayed local. We went to Jay Williams. He's the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He covers the great state of South Carolina and youth football. we got to get this guy some loving as he comes in on Thursday nights at 6.30. Then Logan Reaver joins us. He is the head man in charge over there at Count on Two Sports, WCBD's own. Uh, he does an incredible job covering it with an entertaining side as well. He's kind of like what you used to remember in Stuart Scott, some of the great ones at ESPN. I think he does that type of entertainment and that type of sarcasm that's appreciated as we do here at Southern Sports Central. Now, of course, Without further ado, we are going to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, and all that, and some. Of course, we have partnered with the High School Blitz on anything and everything they do. We want to do it with them because we feel like, you know what, the cream rises to the top. We're going to rise with them, and we're going to do it starting uh, on June 27th at Woodland High School at 10 o'clock. That's when it starts. That means athletes, you got to get there at 8, 30, 9 o'clock. I want you there stretched out. I don't want any excuses. we got to go to work because it's going to be a large crowd, and we got a lot to get done. But uh, Coach Cyber and I met yesterday at Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. As we uh, hung out in there and ironed all the details out. So we've got a DJ ready to jam on the music in between the conversation. We've got water. All you got to do is bring your water bottles. We're going to have the pads that we're bringing. And we're going to have you sized up. And then, of course, somebody's going to have a, uh, a, a, I guess, um, a stopwatch there, uh, Mr. Brown. And we're going to see how fast and, and how much they can get done during a Saturday combine. Yes, sir. Uh, we we get. I appreciate you doing everything, getting everything lined up down there, man. Uh, I tell you what, you have helped out a whole bunch, and I really appreciate it a lot. Because I tell you, you know, the grind has been something else. <laughs> but yeah, we got. We're gonna have everything ready to rock and roll. I can't wait. I cannot wait. If, you know, um, all the kids are getting signed up, and 
and uh, we're going to do those 40 times. We're going to, I hope they let them lift some too, you know. I hope they get to lift and shuttle time and vertical, long jump. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do it all. We're going to get all the numbers on them. That way we can get an idea where everybody stand and stuff, you know, get those numbers in. You know how it is. Those numbers are everything. Uh, get, and then the cool thing about it, you know, we just come by, you know, we're looking at all the kids for the team and stuff, and but those, these numbers get to go in your recruiting profile too, and you're going to get a head start on the recruiting. So your senior year, you got all your numbers, your 40 times and everything. So we're gonna we're gonna document and keep everything. You know, even if the kid's not picked, he's still gonna have his you know, recruiting profile on our site and stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing these ballers come out and do their thing, and I and I I, I can't even sleep. That's so I'm, I'm just consumed with it. Just I cannot wait. You know, I can't wait because you know, look how long we've been without football, and you know, I've been seeing the kids working out on Twitter and stuff, man. And I just I can't wait to be around it. Can't wait. You know, so many other things. Uh, we're going to come back to the Woodland one, but between everything else, uh, thanks to Coach Terry, he's the head football coach over at Conway High School. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. take it to uh, Conway on the 25th of July. Same rules, guys. It starts at 10. That means you get there at 830. That means you get there at 9 o'clock. You get there at 10 o'clock because you're behind the ballgame. We got a lot to do, and we need you to get there and get early. Uh, But same thing. I know you talked, Coach Terry. I've actually had a chance to catch up, too, and and we're excited. Of course, I grew up in Myrtle Beach. I'm a Myrtle Beach guy, and uh, for me to be able to go up on the Grand Strand and and be a part of this as well is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, you, you know, let's kind of talk a little bit about the Conway one as well. Uh, as you've worked with Coach Terry, you and him have had mm-hmm. some great conversations. But it, it seems like the only thing waiting now is the days in between now and then. Yeah, yeah, I talked to him. Uh, he reached out to me the other day. We we had a great conversation and um, locked down his place. And, and uh, um, that'll help, you know, get all these kids in this area, in that area there. Uh, and he's going to have concessions open, so that'll help out and keep refreshments for all the, you know, the, the family and stuff that shows up, um, but like you said, though, you know, get there early and be ready to be ready to work. Uh, don't just show up at ten o'clock. You know, get there at eight thirty. You know, eight thirty nine o'clock is a good time to get there because it's gonna be a lot of kids signing up, and um, and and just be ready to work. You know, but we got we got everything lined up with there with the pads and stuff and uh, the concessions and. Um, as soon as we leave as soon as we leave Conway, uh, we heading to. Um, Let's see, it goes west side. I mean, go Woodland, west side, then I think Conway and then Clover. I don't know, Clover and then Conway, and then then we'll go to, um, oh, God, what's the name of it? Lower Richland High School. I think that's going to be the last one, yeah. Um, so that, we're going to be jumping. I mean, it's going to be every weekend. <laughs> it's every weekend we're somewhere and getting to see all these ballers and stuff. Um the Conway one, I, 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 I'm kind of looking forward to that in a lot because um, I, I know it's going to be a lot of ballers in the area coming out and stuff. Um, and thinking about having – well, I have to fill you in off air on this one here. I have to fill you in off air. I don't want this one getting out yet. <laughs> I got a little bug put in here. <laughs> so I got to keep that one in. I was about to spill the beans on that one. You're about to. Oh, you're about yeah, to. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good one. I got the – as soon as you get done, you got to call me because I got to fill you I got to fill you in. You're my guy, so I'm like, I'm going to tell somebody. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a good one. And, 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 you know, people don't realize that, and, and I didn't either, you know, and when, when we started putting this thing together, you know, originally we started, you know, here in the low country, I had reached out to uh, an, an, an institution, right? And, and I thought mm-hmm. to myself in the middle of conversation with you, I said, no, 
and you, 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 right at the time I was like, no, nah, let's not, let's go. And you said, let's go to Woodland, man. We knew it was a no brainer. Yeah. It's I ninety five twenty six corner. We got nineteen mm-hmm. different counties that can get there within a four, the about a yep. forty to five, about forty five minutes radius. And, and to me, it's another community that that they deserve some attention, man. They deserve oh, yeah. it because he, he has an incredible stadium. It's an asteroid mm-hmm. for the jumbotron. He's got the seating facility there. He is going oh, to man. treat us like red carpet five star dudes. That's he's so excited. Awesome. He smiled the whole conversation last night. I mean, he, just, he was so <laughs> excited, man. It was just. And to see that excitement, that's automatic appreciation, and it's worth all the lack of sleep that we're already getting that we're going to continue to get because we're as excited about it as the athletes. I don't know if they realize how excited we are. Oh, I know it. And and a a lot of the coaches, I've had a – yesterday my phone just rung off the hook yesterday and today. A lot of coaches reaching out, a lot of players, a lot, a lot of players, but a a lot of coaches reaching out. Hey, you know, know, look for having another place next year and – like, I can go ahead and tell you right now, next year's junior showcase game, is, the location is already settled. The, the, the head coach is already settled. They've already reached out and said, hey, let me get the – I want to go and jump on this now. So they've already reached out, and, and we already – next year's kind of took care of itself just because of the buzz in the last couple of days. Coaches are calling. Can we – you know, we, we're getting new turf in, new stadium. Can you have it at our place? Uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and knock it out, get it out of the way. The coaches are getting lined up, so it's it's kind of like you know just taking just doing everything that's on on his own, and having all those coaches call you and reach out that 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 meant a lot. And I mean a lot of it because of you too, because you you started blasting it, and then and then my phone started going crazy, and <laughs> and I appreciate I appreciate it, man. You blew it up, and I was like, man, that was. And my guy called me and said, man, what is going on? I said, man, he just blew it up, and it's going crazy. And then the coaches just started just calling. And and, and I was I was looking at my phone, Myrtle Beach, and then, you know, Hilton Head, and all these different names. I'm like, man, this, who's this calling? And that was a good <laughs> feeling. Yeah, so I don't have to worry about working next year to, all right, let's go ahead and get this facility for this. Let's get this combine here. Let's get this combine here. And and next year, mostly, it, mostly all that stuff is taken care of already. I mean, I already know next year this is going to be here. This is going to be there. The game's going to be here. And the following year for the uh, for the junior showcase game is basically already taken care of too. So it's already locked in for two years already for the combine in the Columbia area in the game. And uh, that's how quick it just turned into an animal overnight. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I like that we're doing – this game is happening in Columbia because here's the thing. Down here in the low country, and I have multiple parents who are like, why is everything always happening in the upstate, upstate, upstate? Well, I was like, well, they've got the newer facilities. They've got the things that need to happen. And then meanwhile, you know, the athletic director at Willard's like, dude, i got a brand-new facility over here. What are you talking about? I'm off the I-95 and mm-hmm. 26, man. I mean, I can I can accommodate. You know, we got a few hotels if they really want to stay in St. George. We can make it happen. Uh, yeah. Or they can go down to Somerville where there's a ton of hotels on the interstate. But, you know, then, of course, uh, you know, Charleston County now with Wood, uh, was it, Wando, they've got, a hand, they've got a couple of schools that will share that stadium. And then North Charleston, they're building mm-hmm. a brand-new state-of-the-art facility there, and they're all AstroTurf. So Man. it is here. It is coming. And we're finally catching up to that Dorman College, as you guys, you know, yeah. where <laughs> you guys are. You know, Wando yeah. was like, hey, you know, hold my Gatorade as I build this college, you know. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting deal. But, uh, you know, the only thing I worry about some of these larger deals like this, Ken, is the, the tradition to uh, the character. You know, that's one thing, and I said it earlier about Somerville. You know, while I enjoy going to 
these these five-star high school facilities that are updated. I mean, I actually got to call the game against the London Somerville game, and I felt like I was at a at a smaller college, you know, just a step down yeah. from South Carolina. You don't have that charm part of it, though, that Somerville brings. And some of these other, you know, and you know about charm up there, of course, Gaffney and, and, and a lot of the facilities up there. And, you know, I don't know if some of those are updated because I haven't been up there on a Friday night in a long time. But, you know, you, you do appreciate the charm. But, you know, I love where you put this championship game or this, this game, the actual game and not the combine in the middle of the state because that puts mm-hmm. a lot of that to sleep. But but I also think that we're doing a great thing by taking it to Myrtle Beach and taking it to Charleston or to the Charleston mm-hmm. area, to the Myrtle Beach area, because for so long these kids have had to travel to the upstate. They've had to travel yeah. everywhere else, and now we're coming to them. Oh, yeah. And it helps and it helps out those schools. You know, they're getting to open up and sell concessions and stuff. And, 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 and we're going we're gonna to have – uh, more combines and stuff in the lower state. Um, you can bank on that. That's going to happen. So I'll, I'm going to have a whole list of places for next year. Soon as this season over, I mean, I got a list of stuff I'm going to send you for next season already um, <laughs> for combines and stuff in that area and stuff. And and and, and I can go ahead and tell you right now. I mean, it, it may be a game played in that area pretty soon. So <laughs> so that's going to help well, out those guys down there too. And it, it, I want I want these kids to get the recruiting edge on these other states that that's ahead of us. And I want, I want when they start talking about recruiting hotbeds and I want South Carolina mentioning those when they, I, I'm getting tired of them saying, Oh, well, you can go Texas and Florida and Georgia, blah, blah, blah. No, I want them to say South Carolina, then Georgia, then Texas, get our kids out there. Because I can tell you right now, it is some, you sent me a video of a kid. I was like, Oh my goodness. And then and I, and I got two today from uh, Westwood high school. I was like, man, check these boots. These boys are some, Big old rascals, and they can play some football. Big and fast, six two running backs and six four defense ends, and like, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. You know, kids you hadn't even heard of, you know, sure. and then, and so now they're gonna get their head start and get a jump on this recruiting thing, and it's gonna help them out a lot. And we're gonna start hitting that lower state real well hard and helping those kids out a lot more. Um, I really know I start out just doing the upstate kids, and literally within probably a couple months of running it. All the coaches from Lowell State, hey, you know, got to start showing kids some love. I was like, all right, I'm just, you know, okay, I'll start, you know. And then started working my way down there, and I was like, all right, I got to get me somebody down there to keep me in the loop. And then I reached, you know, man, you hooked up, and that helped me out a lot because it it's hard to do it, you know, at first, you know. Now I'm kind of building my staff and stuff, and I got I got a great staff. I got a guy helping me with recruiting. I got Sutton doing recruiting. I got, you know, Miss V, she's my, you know, coordinator she handles everything and I got my Twitter got you know, Twitty he does almost stuff with graphics and stuff and shirts and stuff and and you know having those guys right there in my corner and then I, then I turn and now I got you to help me down there and promote stuff and and it has just turned into an awesome thing I got a real real big meeting tomorrow at one o'clock with a guy uh, for a title sponsor so if we land that one tomorrow uh, it's going to open up so many windows for kids because there's just a lot it's, it's kids out there you know and I know that you go to some schools that's out in the, away from everything that you know the athletic department needs help this and that and I really think that um, going to those schools and having combines and stuff like that so they can open up concessions and get them that exposure well, it'll help out you know, it'll help those schools out and stuff. So we're going to go, we're going to shoot for those places like that, you know, the smaller places, smaller venues and stuff to help out. Um, Cause we do, I mean, we got a new facility now. Sparberg just got a new high school. I mean, it's, you need, you need to see that place. It's like a little college over there. 
They got a new coach over there too, right? Didn't they, didn't oh, they get yeah. a coach that just won a state championship somewhere else? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've already told everybody, I said, I think in three years, I walk it down, give him three years, and I think Coach Hodge is going to win the state. Give him, I think it's going to take him three years. He will be in the playoffs this year, go deep next year, and the following year he'll knock off, you know, Dutch Fork or whoever. But he, I think that third year, I think he wins the state. I really do. Because exactly. I, when you watch that offensive line, the way you know, those guys are not big at Chapman, they weren't that big, but their technique was amazing. And they were just so good up front. There was, And you know the game is one in the trenches. When you got offensive line that can block so good like that, and you got a quarterback that could spin it, and you got those those athletes, they was hard to beat. Look at the numbers they put up. So you taking yeah. that brain, and you take, and he's taking his staff over there to Spartanburg, and now he's got that facility. So he's, you know, I'm telling you, dude, that is going to be between them and Dorman every year, and Gaffney and all of them. I'm telling you that to go through that gauntlet every year now. They, whoever comes out on top is going to be hard to beat in that state game because they're going to be ready to play. And I said, given three, I, I think he needs three years. That third year, he's going to be deep into the playoffs and go into the state. And I think that'll be a year, that third year. It's just, exactly. And then after that, after that, he's going to be hard to beat. I agree with you. We're live right now with uh, yeah, a partner of mine here. Of course, he represents the high school blitz. I represent Southern Sports Central. He's Ken Brown. I'm Richie Altman. Of course, together. We are here to take over the Palmetto State here and any college they want to go to. And you know who we need to thank for all of this motivation to putting you and me together that day, of course, in Columbia for that team, that team and two or three other teams that won a state championship was the guys from 24-7 who decided to say that there are no athletes in the Palmetto State <laughs> in the class yeah. of 2020. <laughs> so because yeah. of them, that individual, you and I quickly <laughs> – decided that we would partner up together and it's been quite the story since then and oh uh, yeah the guy that you know the gentleman you're talking about is, is even smalls and just kind of let you know how social media works for the best if you do it the right way even does a phenomenal job this kid is a freshman he is a ninth grader he's six foot two 340 pounds i said three mm-hmm. four zero defensive lineman i asked the kid i said hey big guy send me your uh Send me your list. Where do you want to go to college? And he didn't even hesitate. He said, well, Mr. Altman, my top five schools consist of LSU, USC, Miami, Ohio State, and Alabama. Alabama's number five, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's a kid that knows what he wants to do and where he wants yeah. to go. So, He's you know, good, like us, too, we help him get there. Oh, footwork. Oh. Great. Now, you know, at 8 o'clock, we're going to be joined with Ryan Bergen. I'm, like, I'm hoping that you've gotten the permission to hang out with me from 8 to 8.30 at least so that you and me and Ryan can chalk it up because he's the quarterback now uh, at Myrtle Beach. Of course, uh, you and I watched him at the uh, the championship game. Oh. You know, what a battle that was, right? I think they yeah. win. Wasn't that Ren that they went against? Yeah, Ren, yeah. And, and Ryan, I, that's one of the quarterbacks that I just absolutely love. I watched him in that game. His technique. He's so technical sound, and when I when I when I because I, I knew Ramon was training him, but I didn't. But when I saw him, as soon as I saw the move he made with the shoulder dip, and he and he spun it about forty yards downfield, it was just a dime. And I, right then I went, that's one of Ramon guys, because I know what Ramon teaches, and I see you can look at a quarterback and know yeah that Ramon teaches that. And I looked down, and I saw Ramon, I went, that's your guy. He said, oh yeah, and I was like this kid. And the more I watched, I'm like, he is he's so technical. And then, but you look at him, and he, he can take a hit. I got videos of him taking hits and running the ball, but he can absolutely put it on the spot. He can put it on, and he and he's smart. I'm like, 
this may be our best quarterback in 2022 class. Because I had seen some quarterbacks, and I was like, this kid's good. <laughs> and he ain't through growing. You know, he's going to be taller, and he's going to be stronger. But with his body tight now, and the way he's spinning it and dropping dimes, making those good decisions, and with everything coming back with Randall and stuff for that offense, and John and with that with Jones, this year, they gonna be hard to handle. They gonna be yeah. hard to handle this year because I because I I think they gonna probably they gonna be in the state game. I, I don't see nobody beating them. I think they're gonna be hard to handle. But that kid senior year is gonna be special, and I, they gonna be re, it's gonna be recruits lining up from Myrtle Beach all the way down ninety five. Knocking on the door because he's fixing to blow up. He is fixing to be. He's going to be one of the most, the most sought after quarterbacks in the state in a long time. And we had a conversation about who we thought was the best quarterback in the state. And um, I think he may be one of the best to come out in a, in a long time because he he's a, he's something special. And uh, but you know you know since you started looking at some twenty twenty two kids, it's no it's about four or five more that I've seen. I've been getting feeling like oh my goodness, they can, this guy can spin it too. So that's why I'm so amped up and pumped about this game because now I'm like, man, you mean tell me we got a chance of getting like those guys all of them on the same field? <laughs> those receivers over there and those DBs? Can you imagine the battle you're going to have with, <laughs> with all those top guys when you got <laughs> a guy like you know, Berger spinning it, throwing it to the one of the top receivers, and you got one of the best DBs in the back and you know in the state? That's going to be some battles you just – you know, you don't see every Friday night. And that's why this game is going to be so special. And oh, you just don't know. I wish we could play tomorrow. I mean, I'm ready. I mean, I am absolutely ready to go right now. Um, and the kids, the coaches, like, you know, we can have these kids ready to play in two in two days, Tops. You know, we, they're going to check in. Um, we may, we, as a, as a right now, we know we played on the 18th. But I talked to Kerry today. And um, if he if he stays on schedule, he's waiting to hear. You no, know, so we may play it on the seventeenth because they play they play on the eighteenth because it's the Friday for the uh, Shrine Bowl. Um, gotcha. And it's all and it's both right down the street, so we're we're gonna play out. So you always you know you my you my guy cover your game, so I'll play it that Thursday night. So he'll have you no know, fans go back and forth. Um, so they'll check in on that Tuesday and practice two days Tuesday, two days uh, Wednesday, walk through on Thursday, and then. Then play that Thursday night at six. Um, I just got. I, I wish I can tell you right now, Ed, but I can't. 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 I, can't. I, I got. I got some good stuff to tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, you're gonna love it. You, you're gonna love it. Um, but just talking with Perry today, and and he was like, man, he called me. He's like, dude, he was on his way to Charlotte to play, you know, play golf with some buddies. He's like, man, I wish you can go play. I said, yeah, me too. He's like, man. He said, you know, you got what you got going now is what everybody's talking about. He said, you will not believe the buzz it's got down here. Uh, I said, man, I appreciate it. He said, just, you know, the practices. He's and he's right. He said, can you imagine the practices those kids are going to have when you got iron, sharp and iron? I said, exactly. I said, I cannot wait to see practice. I think when you got, you know, you got the best 88 kids and you got, when you at football practice, you got the best 44. Practice is going to be so good, and those coaches are going to eat it up. And 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 so we're going to film the practices and stuff for the coaches and stuff. Because I talked to some D1 coaches, they can't come to the game. They're like, no, we need that practice film. We need that practice film. I said, ah, oh, you got it, you got it. And so that practice. So we're going to be filming both practices every day, everything they do, 
And then, you know, of course, we have the game film, too. But those coaches are dying to see those kids practicing. And one of them told me today, um, he said, you know, we can see kids that, you know, during the year practice, you know, or, uh, you know, go out and watch them practice. He said, but when you – it's hard. It's a hard to you know get get the gauge on how good he is when he's not going against a top notch kid on cross from the ball from him. And that's at any school, you know. You how do you take an average football team? You, you know, if you got ten good players, you know, you, you're doing good. And it's hard to get all, all good players. Even when I play, you know, we only have like maybe six good players. But you know, other kids are right. good. But and, you know, and, and when you play, you're like, oh, you know how players are. Well, I'm going to get so and so. I ain't got to go all out. Well, you got this guy across from you just as good. You got to go all out, and that's what he right. said. He said, "I want that practice. <laughs> I want that footage. <laughs> Whatever you do, you get me that footage every day. As soon as you come out the field, I said you got it." And I'm like, I get like six more calls. I'm talking Georgia State, App State, all these different schools. We want that practice film. We want that practice film. So okay, all right. So we're working on that now with them. Because it's gonna to go to like all of the schools, and then and then and they get to evaluate these kids at practice against good on good. Um, right. So I worked on that today and stuff, and and just it's just a, it's just such a good thing for these kids, man, um, to be able to have the upper hand on these other states. So we got to get we got to elevate our kids on up. You know, I want it. I want it so. When these kids leave their, you know, come in their junior year, and um, and their senior year, their their recruiting is done. You know, they ain't got to bust their butt. Well, they I mean they got to bust their butt. I'm talking about, you know, bust their butt trying to offer. Because I get messages on the oh, coach. I just got to get my first offer. You know, they're a senior with one game to go in high school and have no offers. So this is going to help. This this is going to solve that problem. You know, you're not going to have to worry about kids at the last minute trying to find a problem. Just trying to find a home. I get that all the time. I'm just trying to find a place to play. Now that that is going to be took care of because they're going to see okay we got this kid I get emails and texts from coaches all the time hey do you have a such such kid we're looking for so and so and now they're telling me man well, now we don't have to worry about that because we get to see what y'all got now and then what you know off and then start working on the next class because it's so hard now when you're a senior if you don't have an offer at a senior and it's so hard to get one now because I mean like I tell these kids if you get an offer. Don't worry about stacking those offers. You better jump on that thing, especially now, you know. So, uh, well, you, you saw a young man from Myrtle Beach. He jumped on it quickly. Uh, let's do this real quick, Ken. Let's head to break because I do know we've got him uh, ready to go on the uh, hotline. Ryan Berger, the quarterback from Myrtle Beach, class of 2022, uh, will be leading the Seahawks and a very talented staff surrounded around him on the roster. Uh, we're going to get in here with Ryan and the crew. Right after this, you're listening to Southern Sports Central, the third hour, coming up next. Don't go anywhere, guys. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalvin, and a special guest co-host here tonight with me, all the way from the end state with the high school blitz, the one and only Ken Brown's going to hang out with me for the remainder of the show, hopefully, but definitely for the next 30 as we're going to head up from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to the Grand Strand, where they're shagging on the boulevard in the summer and playing football in the fall with Ryan Berger, the starting quarterback. How about that, buddy? You've earned the right for that title. 
what's up, big man? How's it going, Ryan? What's up? How are you doing? Good, man. You How's look going, good. Man? You look good up there. I know we're watching film, and you got one of the best quarterback whisperers in the business working you to death over there, man, but it's paying off dividends. We had J.J. joined us uh, a couple times a couple weeks ago, right before he committed to North Carolina, and of course, when he narrowed it down to the 10 or the 5, I'm not sure which one, but uh, you got him surrounding you, Ryan. You've got so many great people, but it starts with mom and dad. And, man, I had a chance to meet them and yourself at the uh, at the championship game up there in Columbia, man. Uh, I appreciate your time tonight, and I know Ken and I are going to ask you a bunch of questions, so we appreciate it. Yes, sir. So, so what's it like, man? You, you can take uh, – have you ever seen the uh, – the, the quarterback where it feels like he takes the monkey off his back a little bit and they kind of rip it off of him a little bit. Have they done that to you yet? I mean, this is your team, dude. This is your, this is your dudes. And, uh, uh, you know, all the, all the hype and all the heat going to be right there where you like it on your shoulders, right? Yes, sir. It'll be a lot. It'll be a lot, but uh, we've got a great staff and really a great team around me. So it'll, it'll really be a great team for us. And of course, uh, Ryan uh, has taken the reins, and he did it in about what the third qu- the third part of the year. As uh, your starting quarterback went down with an injury, and uh, you took over the program and ended up playing the entire game in the state championship. Boy, I tell you what, what way to cut cut your uh, your cloth there? But I thought you looked great, man, and I thought you handled the pressure well. It was an environment that you probably first time you've been in that type of environment, but uh, not only. Did you handle it on the field, but off the field? You did a great job. Kind of talk to us a little bit about the transition and, and uh, you know, get to that championship game. How did you get through? You know, I, I know you guys fell a little short, but you also know you're bringing back a lot of those same dudes. But what's it been like from that game all the way through your, your, your off season and now getting through this COVID-19 but staying on the upside of training? Yes, sir. So after the state championship, our whole team really just rest. Really, we kind of stuck through it with playoffs, through injuries and stuff, and really try to keep to ourselves so we won't have to be out. You know what I mean? And uh, we we healed back up, and we started lifting and running again, working out with our strength and conditioning coach. He does a really good, great job. Uh, and then it came coronavirus, and then uh, a couple of our receivers and I have been throwing a lot. And uh, we found we found some ways to to lift a little bit and run, and it's really been it it's tough, but it it like you can really improve over the off season. You can really improve. That's where it comes from with the wins and losses. Is off season, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a pretty smart young man, and he is the class of twenty two, one of the top quarterbacks in that class, and it is a heavy. I mean, a very heavy uh, group of uh, guys that are going to be uh, – I think this could be the biggest quarterback class that South Carolina's had because I know Kobe Shirey's down here in Columbia – excuse me, in Somerville. I know you know him as well. And, of course, over there, Mr. Osborne, the uh, quarterback at Fort Chester, right? I know you guys have uh, worked out together a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, uh, you know, it's a small world when you start to put positions together, but you got to be the understudy for Luke Doty. I kind of look at it like Brett Favre and, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, if you look at it, Luke, (laughs) a five-star dude, and guess what? You're you're pretty much uh, hanging tough right there, and I thought some of the spinning the ball that you had, and and we were just talking about it before we brought you in here with Ken, you you got one of the best touches on the ball, man. The way you threw it, the way you were getting out of the pocket, you were – Never running with your, you know, with your eyes wide open. You ran with finesse, man. You were able to get out of a lot of tight situations. 
by being mature in the pocket. Tell us a little bit about that, and how much has Luke and you, do you guys still communicate a little bit? Yes, sir. He he was really a great leader for me in the playoffs. He didn't budge and just really became like an assistant coach, really, and he just really helped me. And then Coach, uh, coach Ramon Robinson, he helped me. He helps me a lot with my pocket presence. Um, it's one of my better things that I have in my skill set is my pocket presence. I can kind of feel if I need to push up or back and kind of roll out or really do really do that. And then uh, Luke really helped me with reading defenses in the playoffs and like on the fil- in the film room and pre-snap and. Coach Wilson and Coach Streeter, our offense coordinator, really helped me a lot too, reading defenses. And we all really put it together in playoffs and got going and got all the way to state. We're up there in the Grand Strand at Myrtle Beach High School with the one and only Ryan Berger. He is the starting quarterback for the Seahawks as they are coming back with a vengeance. I mean, a loaded roster. They've got kids already committed to college. One of those is Mr. JJ, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's heading to the University of North Carolina. and uh, they've got a bunch of other dudes that are getting ready to pull that string and decide where they're going to go. With that being said, Ryan, you, you, you kind of look at things. What was the one thing that you you kind of finished up this past season that you knew? Okay, I want to get better at this. If if you're okay with talking about it, but what's something that you took personal that you wanted to get better at going into the new season from last season? Well, personally, it was like a motivation type thing. I know the loss to Ren and state championship really motivates me. Uh, I kind of think about that every day, losing to them, and that really motivates me. And then something I'm really focusing on is putting on weight and getting in the weight room and uh, eating and really getting and trying to put on pounds. Just since the state championship, I've put on 20 pounds. Oh, wow. So that's that's really helped me a lot. And then even through quarantine, I've 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 been trying to lift and all that, and it's really helped a lot. So go ahead and check in, man. What's your height, your weight, and uh, give us a, give us something uh, in the weight room that's probably your strongest point. Um, I'm six two. I was I'm one seventy now. I was really light during the uh, playoffs my sophomore year. I'm still light, but I'm still really working on it. Uh, something we really didn't get to maxes in the winter because we max out in like April, May with mm-hmm. Myrtle Beach. And then and it didn't end up happening because of quarantine. But um, for bench, I know I got up to about 215, 225 benching. Well, I can tell you what, 20 pounds on you, man, and that's just the beginning. And, Ken, I'm going to bring you in now because I want to let you have them for the next 10 minutes to uh, kind of ask him a lot of questions as well. But, but, Ken, you've watched Ryan. You and I have compared him to a lot of quarterbacks in the past. We talked about not only your maturity, Ryan, on the field, but how you have maturely handled yourself off the field. And he's hearing that now on the radio. And this is your second visit with me, and I appreciate it. But, Ken, I'm going to turn him over to you for a little bit, man, and let you have a conversation, buddy. Go ahead and take Oh, I appreciate it. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, my man? Good. How are you? Pretty good. I first When I first saw you, uh, I had saw a couple of your you know, stuff on Twitter, stuff, but I first when I first saw you in the game and um, – because I've been known Ramon for years. We've been friends forever. And, uh, and I saw you make this move, this shoulder dip, and you dropped this dime down the field. To, I think it was to JJ. That was just a beautiful pass. And I said, I looked at Ramon, I was like, yes, one of your guys. Because it was yes, just the, the shoulder dip and uh, that pocket presence, man. And and as I'm watching you, 
and I and I know how he teaches, and I know his mindset, and I and I could just see, and I, I would go back and watch that film over and over, and I would watch it, and I could just and I could hear him telling you, go go go, do this, do that, and throw it, and you was just the way you move in the pocket, it's like it's like water. I mean, it was just it was beautiful work, your footwork, and then but. And I was like, you know, you know, for somebody to be that, you know, that slim and can, and you got a cannon on you. <laughs> and I was like, he's got two, years, you know, you know, three years left of high school. He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be pretty good. And I was like, man. But uh, but just, what was it like being in that state game, your first state game? You know, you know, you took over Luke, and then Luke's my guy, and you take over Luke, and you got it, and you're in your first state game. What was your mindset before the game? My mindset was really just just win and put put points on the board really and then mm-hmm. i i really when we ran out ran out of the stadium it was crazy to me because uh one of my dad's old friends uh he used to coach at Blythewood uh his nickname is Buddha and he's coaching at um do you know Buddha I don't know Buddha <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes sir you get Buddha. Jeremy Jones he used to coach at Blythewood, and he I saw him. That really relaxed me because I had, like, emotions built up and really getting excited for the game and helped me calm down at the beginning of the game and just get going. But, yeah, it was crazy just running out and seeing all those people. It was really oh, crazy man, for was, me. I, it, but you handled it well, though. You handled it real well. And uh, just watching you play, I, and I really just – I really took to you. And I, I've watched a lot of quarterbacks, but I tell you, that's, that kid out there is special. And um, but now how's the recruiting going? Oh, recruiting's going really well. Um, I've been talking to a good amount of coaches, a lot of, like, schools that uh, J.J. and Adam have offers from, mm-hmm. and it's going pretty well for me so far. I think the biggest thing is just since I since I was slim when I went to camps last year, like, everybody wants to see me in person, really. I, I'm mm-hmm. really excited to get, get on campuses and all that type of stuff. You know, that's awesome. You're gonna put on twenty pounds, so that's gonna look good on you. That's twenty pounds of muscle too. So that's gonna look real good on you. Um I do like I love the way you know JJ with JJ going to North Carolina, that's a great fit for him too. But I just know that these coaches are gonna be lined up to try to, you know, offer you. Uh I just I, I could just see it already. I just know after this season that you're gonna be probably one of the top recruits in the state out in my opinion. And um and I just cannot wait for this season to start. I can't wait to get the combines. I tell you the truth. <laughs> yes, so sir. I can't Thank wait, you. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you get the combines too. Um, but uh, what do you think about you know having about the junior game? What do you think about that? Oh, it's really exciting for me because uh, there's not really that type of stuff around. You know what I mean? So that I got mm-hmm. when I saw that, I got really excited. I got That's really awesome. excited That's to see awesome. that and be able to like go to a combine and then being able to. Like get invited possibly to that to the game, and it'll be. A, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a great showcase for kids. Yeah, I appreciate. It. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think it'll help out a lot because we got a lot of good. We got this state's loaded with ballers, and we're gonna make sure everybody knows about it because you know I get to hear a lot of stuff. These you know these so-called gurus that know football, but half of them haven't even played. And I'm like, you know what? You can't say anything about South Carolina ballers when I know what we got. I know what we got in this state, and I will put you guys up against anybody. I don't care what state they're from, but you give yes, me sir. you give me my top forty-four, and we can play anybody, and we'll take them to the clinic. But you know those guys, 
we want to push. I want to get it so when they start talking about players, they want to, they mention South Carolina players first because you guys deserve it. You guys deserve that respect, and we're yes, gonna sir. make sure that happens. And with this game with the top 88 players, it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be a great showcase. And like me was talking earlier, I don't know if you heard or not, but even the practices, you know, I've got coaches already calling me about make sure we get practice film. So we're gonna have mm-hmm. those practice films, sending them out to coaches and stuff. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good for you guys, and I can't wait. And and uh, I will go. I'll go it like uh, with the belts. You know, we're giving out the belts this year. And Ramon is sponsoring mm-hmm. the quarterback's belt. So, yeah. So, it's going to be oh, really? quarterback's one belt. <laughs> so, whoever wins that belt, you know, he'll present it to them at the, after the game. So, yeah, the belts will be on the line this year. Um, yes. You know, the belts will be on the line, and everybody likes the belts and stuff. And uh, I can't wait for this game, man. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you seeing you at the Combine and hope you get picked. And and uh, we're going we're gonna to battle. We're going to put on a show. We're gonna really put on the show. Yes, What's your? Let me, let me ask you this right here. What's, what is your uh, like? Say your top five dream schools. Schools? Oh man. Yeah. If you. Um. Your top five. Um, uh, my top five probably be not like in no order. Probably like Tennessee, uh, Wake Forest, uh, Virginia Tech, um. I like North Carolina. I like mm-hmm. North Carolina. Um, I like. I really like North Carolina State too. That that's a really oh, okay. nice campus. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, I guarantee you they're gonna be lined up to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have no Thank problem. You. I don't think you have no problem there. What's the now? What's your what? What is the how far can you throw the football? Because you. You threw some balls in that state game that I was like, wow, that was that was a long throw. One of them was like 50 yards in the air, and you dropped it in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. It was just absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, yes, sir. it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> you said what was my favorite throw? No, how far can you throw it? Because I'll I tell, you, I tell you this story. When I first saw Luke was in North Carolina and Charlotte the combine, and these kids were throwing footballs. And I watched Luke throw the ball. I'm like, man, that went like 65 yards in the air. And I was like, so Luke won the 40 yard dash. He beat everybody there. Ran a four four flat. He can fly. And I was like, yeah, oh, he can fly, dude. <laughs> and I told yeah, everybody, he... I said, I said Luke's gonna surprise people when he get in college because he can run. People don't know he can run. That cat can fly. So that's like Michael Vick out there running around. So <laughs> yeah, he can fly. Said, like sometimes look, he's still in running, and he he can really. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he, and I think he's going to be good in college. I mean, he's, I think he's going to be, he's going to be one to watch, you know, because that he can flat out ball. And, and I tell everybody this: if you want to know the no Luke though, to go watch the state game in the third quarter when they come out and throw that ball down the field. I said, watch how he control the game, the pause in the pocket, the decisions he's made. That third quarter drive was unbelievable. And I went, Luke is on his way, and I knew right then. I said, he's on his way. I said, when he gets in college, you just saw what he can do, and he's on his way. And I, I hate with the COVID-19 slowing the progress down, with no not being able to work out, but I think he'll get caught back up, and, and uh, he, he'll see some playing time, there's no doubt. Um, yeah, but, when, but, you know, being behind him, what what did you learn more just by being, you know, being, being his understudy? 
Uh, I learned a lot about leadership, really, because I just came into Myrtle Beach before my sophomore season because I, I, I uh, played at Waccamaw High School my freshman year. So I mm-hmm. came in. I, he, he really took me under his wing, and uh, he – a lot about leadership, a lot about really technique, extending like what Ramon has – Coach Ramon has taught me, really. Uh, Coach, Coach Wilson and him have really helped me a lot with that. And then, uh, really, reading this is really he is he's really good for me. Reading defenses based on like plays mm-hmm. and just really reading coverages and seeing like uh, where they put cover three or cover fours or something. And just because we get that a lot, a lot of cover four yeah. and reading just cover four based on our progressions and that type of stuff. I gotta find if I could find this video. I'll um, I got y'all, y- y'all running this one play, and uh, he's on the sideline and he he knows the play. He's watching it, and his eyes and his intensity, it was amazing. And y'all scored a touchdown, and he was just going crazy. But it was like he was like he was out on the field, you know, <laughs> the way he was acting. Oh yes, sir. and I was like, man, that was, yeah. it was just so cool to watch it because it was just like he was just. It was amazing. Well, I'll find it and show it to you. It's, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, he's a great. Yeah, he's a great leader. He really gets excited for his teammates and stuff. Even though he wasn't playing and he was hurt, he was really excited for me because we're really good yeah, friends too. So it was it was fun. That's. Awesome. Are you getting to uh, you getting a lot of workout in and stuff? I mean, you getting to do your thing? Y'all getting back into the swing of things down there? Yes, sir. So we start like team workouts. June twenty second. Now we just learned today, and then uh, mm-hmm. I've been I've been doing a lot of speed speed work with uh, Coach Butler down here. He trains uh, uh-huh. me, Luke, Adam, and all. Um, and he does a lot of speed stuff. Does a lot of stuff. And our speed and ability kind of he's like conditioning too. Because Myrtle B, we're all a lot about conditioning coach Wilson run us. And I think they're like one of the best of the best conditioning team in the state probably. And that's mm-hmm. like we saw all the like fourth quarter comebacks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh gotcha. Yeah. And then well, I'm gonna try my best to um, I'm, every Friday night, I go hit a hit a hit a football game and get footage on kids and stuff. So I'm gonna try my best to get to one of you guys' games this year. Try to get at least get a game before the playoffs and uh, get yes, some, get some footage on you and stuff. And because uh, I got all that state game footage, but I want to get some more game footage and stuff. And and um, I like to keep all and chop it up and send it to coaches and stuff. And but uh, every time I come to a game, I always text the players, hey, I'm coming. Who do you want me to send the film to? So whenever I come, I'll text, say, I'm going to come and I'm going to get some footage. What school, what school you want me to, what coach you want me to send it to? Then I'll send it to them. But, I mean, as soon as right there live during the game, I'll send it to them. And coaches like that when I do that. So just keep that in mind. When I come, I'll, I'll shoot you a text. Let's I'm coming. But I'm looking forward to seeing you at the combine, my man. Yes, sir. Me too. And I'll tell the guys, I'll get Randall. Is Randall coming? He says yes, he's sir, come? he is. Yes, sir. Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait! Can't wait! I'm pumped, man. I wish we can do it tomorrow, man. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm ready. All right, nice talking to you, my man. Yes, sir. 
Right, have a good one. Hey, Ryan, I, um, I, I appreciate your time. Let me ask you this, though, and I sat here writing down all your notes down, and, and you said not in any order, but the first school you mentioned was Tennessee. What is it about you young guys? I know we've got Kenny Solomon from Sockasee. He's over there. You've got Jalen Hyatt from Dutch Fork. He's there. There's a kid that came uh, back from, I think, junior college. From uh, He's up there in Hartsville, but he's going there. What's going on on this property uh, over there on this campus with Coach Pruitt, man? What is it that – that you young guys are just loving Tennessee and, and, and really uh, jumping them out front, you know, at least in conversation. Again, no order, but but yet you did mention Tennessee. Yes, sir. I think their their coach, is, uh, their staff is really relatable. They've got a couple uh, younger GAs like uh, Murphy. He actually he actually played quarterback at Florida and uh, in Boston College, and he played in the NFL a little bit, and he re- really relates to quarterbacks and receivers because I know he helps Coach Martin with receivers, and uh, he's really relatable. That's kind of my guy for uh, Tennessee, and he's really relatable to athletes, and he talked to – he was recruiting JJ, he's recruiting Adam and me right now too, so I I really like him a lot, and he's a really relatable guy. No doubt about it. And as much as I'd love to see you guys stay in state, man, I want you to go where you can play. I want you to go where you want to go, and I want you to just continue to do great things. And, uh, hey, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see you. And, and I know Ken's saying the same thing as we're heading to uh, Conway High School. And, and, again, that's a rival for Myrtle Beach. For you guys who don't know, there's three schools in Myrtle Beach that do not like each other, and I think you can now add a couple more. But growing up, it used to be Conway Myrtle Beach and Sackacy, they couldn't stand each other, at least during the season, right? I mean, and that's kind of one of those, you can pick on me, we can pick on you, but nobody can pick on you guys. But now there's Carolina Forest, there's, of course, St. James has jumped in there somewhere, and North Myrtle Beach. I mean, I'm telling you, man, North Myrtle Beach back in my day, Ryan, and you can ask anybody mm-hmm. else, I'm sure there's a lot of guys around that program that says, man, they, not that they weren't around, but they weren't around like they are now. Uh, who is Myrtle Beach's ace rival when it comes down to that Friday night game? Who is the biggest rival right now in your era as a Seahawk? I think uh, one of our goals is to beat Conway, but I think our biggest rival right now is North Myrtle Beach because right. it's always a competitive game and get and get chippy and that type of thing, and it's it's really a live atmosphere. No matter if it's at North Myrtle or at Myrtle Beach, it's really it's a great atmosphere to play and it's and it's exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. I'm going to tell you what, man, uh, Myrtle Beach does a great job. Now, Coach Owens, J.O., uh, you're a defensive coordinator, right? Um, yeah, you, you don't get him to laugh often, but uh, tell me a story <laughs> about Coach Owens uh, that, that, that that would be entertaining because, again, now Coach Owens and I grew up together, so he, he already knows. When you tell him, you know, you tell him you got on the radio with me, he'll probably tell you a couple of crazy stories about me growing up as a kid because his brother and me, are about a day or two apart uh, in age. But uh, Coach Owens doesn't laugh a lot, but when you get him to laugh, it, it's probably a pretty funny story. Do you know a time that he actually kind of broke a smile over there on the sideline? Um, I know when uh, Quamil Spells, when he scored a touchdown, he was definitely laughing. Uh, <laughs> first North Myrtle Beach, uh, Quamil was uh, – he was a shrine bowler. He was probably six foot, six one, and like 300 pounds. And he can run too. He probably runs like a four nine, and uh, wow. he and he picked and he picked up a fumble and took it to the house, and it it was it was it was, it was fun. I know he smiled then. <laughs> Kim, we got to put him on our radar too. He's another big man. 
is who's a quarterback that you look for? This will be the final question to get you back to mom and dad, get you back to your Thursday night routine. Uh, who's somebody in the NFL? Because growing up, we all had that guy that we kind of watch and, and uh, plays that role. Uh, who, who is the guy, your guy in the NFL that you kind of mirror after? Or maybe it's a guy in college that you kind of, I, I guess, maybe look up to his style of quarterback play. In the NFL, I know I like uh, Baker Mayfield a lot because uh, of his competitiveness. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really as showing as him. I'm more of like a, I'm, a, I'm not, I'm like an inter, internal competitor. I'm, I'm probably one of the most competitive people inside my head. I, I think a lot. Right. Well, man, I tell you what, you're competitive, and we're going to watch it firsthand. And here on the enforced 25th of July, and Conway's will be there with the uh, Junior Combine. And can't wait, man, to get a chance to shake your hand and catch up with you. Uh, tell mom and dad we said hello. Tell them thank you for allowing us to have you on the show tonight. And uh, we're going to do this again in a couple of weeks or at least a month from now. We'll talk again, my friend. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Lynn. Pleasure. Man, I tell you what, it doesn't get much better than having a five-star quarterback on a show like this. I'm surrounded by talent. I've got the great <laughs> one up there in the upstate, Ken Brown. I'm Richie Alden with Southern Sports Central. You put the high school blitz together with Southern Sports Central. You bring in this stud quarterback, uh, Ken, man. I tell you what, man, his selection, and, and, and I like what he said about Tennessee. You know, I've asked this yeah. question, and I, I'm really close to Kenny Solomon and his family, who's a Saxony grad, and of course, uh, you know, we're both very close to the young man, Jalen Hyatt, and his family. He's not going to Tennessee, but that's, that's interesting. And I wonder if this coaching staff realizes that it's that these these guys are relatable to the players. That's huge. Dabo Swinney has made a career out of being relatable to players. And having young GA, mm-hmm. he might have just told the secret on how you get a young man and you have to hire young talent there. That's what it. But I had a conversation with a coach at Clemson today. And I told him a story. I said, I, would, I said, I will never forget when I took my son on a recruiting trip to Carolina and had this young cat down there named Shane Beamer that was getting all the players in. He was racking up. I said, he's getting clowning and everybody. Was, and they was like, who is this guy? I said, man, all of I said, he's young. He can relate to the kids. And then when he left, and I told him, I said, when him leaving, that's going to hurt them recruiting. Everybody was like, you crazy? I was like, no, this kid is really that good. Well, he left. Look what happened. He goes to Oklahoma. They they go they go to the playoffs. He goes to Georgia. They go to the playoffs. I'm like that kid can recruit. So it's all like you get when you got a young guy on staff like that that can relate to these kids. Look out because he can rack up on recruiting. And like Ryan said, you know, and that's what that's what a lot of recruitments come down to having that young guy on staff. And look what Mac you know Mac Brown's getting all those. He may be old. He's got those young cats out there doing the recruiting. <laughs> and that's the that that's the key to it. That's the whole key to recruiting. If you got a young cat in there for late them kids and talk TikTok with them and stuff, man, hey, you you in the bag. You can't send no guy in there at six five year old. He don't know what you gonna talk to him about. He gonna do in his mind. He gonna be still recruiting like he did back in the seventies, you know, and right. you know in the early eighties and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I used to do so and so. No, but you gotta have that young guy in there that knows how to get to those guys. Stay in contact with them. And just, you know, and that's what it come down to. And Tennessee is absolutely killing it right now. I mean, they are absolutely – they're killing it. And they've set up shopping in Columbia and just racking up on kids left and right. And I'm like, you got to play against those kids. you got to, you know, offer these kids scholarships. At least offer them, you know. And, yeah. But 
definitely don't let them get out of state and you got to play against them because the last thing you need is for a kid to come back into your state that's right down the road and beat you, throwing a touchdown or catching a ball or kicking a field goal, and then everybody's like, well, that kid should have been on our team. That wouldn't have happened. So you have to you have to take that. they got to get that. they got to get a lock around that Columbia because you got all that talent, but you got all those other schools down there pulling that talent out of there. So you gotta, they gotta, they gotta get that, they gotta get that took care of, and they gotta get that took favor in a hurry because you know and I know when Tennessee come to town, they gonna make sure that ball go to Jalen. <laughs> they gonna make sure that. <laughs> I promise I you. Can, <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna happen. <laughs> so, I think they they gotta get that taken care of. I think once they get that taken care of and start getting these those in-state kids like that again, um, but you gotta get that. Shane, I'm telling you, I love me some Shane Beeman. That cat, he was a he was a go getter. He knew how to recruit. And when you got somebody like that on your staff, you don't let him go. And I played golf with Ray Tanner, and he asked me a question one day. He's like, you know, what you think out, you know, about getting a certain coach from Clinton? I said, like, that won't never work. He's never going to leave because I think he's next in line. I said, but if I'm you, I'm going out to Shane Beeman. He's like, huh? I said, that's who got all your recruits. Spurrier didn't get those recruits. Shane Beamer got those mm-hmm. recruits. He got every one of them. I said, when he left, that went your recruitment. I said, because look what happened when he left. He went straight down the hill. Everywhere he went, the teams got better. So if I'm him, that's who I would have went after, you know. But, hey, what do I know? Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, can you go to Georgia State with me, brother, for the next, I don't know, 27 minutes, 25 minutes, and let's talk about – because I want to go through – uh, a couple of sites, Rivals and 24-7, either or. We can pick it when we get back. But I want to go through the top ten recruiting class and kind of dive into it. And, and let's talk a little Gamecocks and Tigers and why those two universities don't keep the kids in state and even Coastal has struggled. But all that, uh, we'll do that after about 30 seconds, and uh, we'll come back and we'll get into it. Guys, here's the topic, recruiting. You want to get in with myself and Ken right now? You can call in at 323 323- 784-9681. Again, call in right now for the rest of the show, the next 30 minutes, 323-784-9681. If you have a question about the upcoming camps that are coming up or the combines coming up, of course, we already know we'll be in Woodland. That's going to be outside of Charleston on the 27th of June. Kick off at 10 o'clock. Be there at 830. Don't show up at 10 or you're not going to like it. Show up at the 25th of July at Conway High School with Coach Terry and his group. Again, kickoff starts at 10. That means you're there at 830. I cannot emphasize enough. I've never seen you show up to a football game at 730 kickoff. You're always there (laughs) at 6 o'clock. So keep that in mind. A quick 30 seconds. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Welcome, everybody, back here on Southern Sports Central. We've given the rest of the night off to Eugene Bent. Of course, he is down there at the University of Central Florida doing the kicking camp with uh, the fellows in the low country. But now I've brought in the upstate, 
with the lower state. So we're doing a great show. So when you get the high school blitz, partner with Southern Sports Center, you're guaranteed some five-star entertainment here as I'm live with Ken Brown all the way upstate. And uh, we're down here in Charleston coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. The final segment brought to you by our friends over there at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina. Give them a shout, 843-573-7391. And if you would like to talk to us tonight for the next 20 minutes, you can do that by calling 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call is 323-784-9681. We're talking combines. We're talking recruiting for the remainder of the show here, uh, myself and Ken. And, Ken, uh, again, we've talked a lot of combine stuff. The biggest question that comes up, and I know this is a junior combine for the mm-hmm. upcoming juniors, by the way, guys. That's important that you hear. But you and I have talked about this because of COVID-19, because these other kids have, you know, the seniors that are coming up don't have it. If they show up and they pay their $25 or the $40, if you don't pay early, you're going to pay the price. Trust me, it's the way it works anywhere you go. We're going to give them a chance to at least get something in to put something on their paperwork. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, sir. Yes. I, I had a lot of calls a day in Texas with some players and parents and stuff. If a kid, you know, because these kids don't have no film, no, they can't visit nowhere, and that was the questions we've been getting. They can, can we at least come and get some footage? And, I, and we're not going to turn them away because these kids, they need the exposure. So if any of you kids out there listening, if you want to come, you know, you, uh, you seniors, um, come on out. We're going to let you come out and do your thing. Come out and, you know, and uh, we'll test you and get some footage of you and stuff. But we're not going to turn them away. We can't because anything we can do to help, help these kids, we're going to do it. So right. if, they, if they need to do it, if they, if they want to do it, they can come out and do it. They can go in there and register. It's probably best if they go in there and register. So we'll at least know who's coming, but I know we're gonna have a lot of walk-ups, and uh, <clears throat> we'll 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 have them separate, you know, from the uh, juniors, so we can keep an eye on them, and, and so the coaches can know what the kids are looking at, and then we'll let them do their own thing, and we'll have somebody out there with them. So yeah, definitely let them guys come out. So you know, spread the word on it. You know, we're not gonna turn them away. Can't do it. It's not right. Can't do it, and, and that's and you're exactly right. We're at unprecedented times which calls for unprecedented measures. And even though it says on the flyer, junior, mm-hmm. we're going to honor the fact that it, you used to be a junior, but this doesn't mean that you're going to play in the junior bowl game. You're going to have your own bowl game. You're going to have your own North-South. You're going to have your own Shrine Bowl. This is to help get you something on your transcripts. And I can mm-hmm. said this on the show on Tuesday. You better start drinking water last week. So if you're not drinking it now, you better be drinking it like right now. You need to be hydrating yourself together right now. You need to stay in shape so that you don't have to get in shape because it's the biggest waste of money to show up after $25 in the bank, how much time and energy it takes you to get up in the morning to come 45 to could be an hour and a half away to come there Mm -hmm. and show us your gut 20 minutes into a workout. That's not what we're looking for, Ken, right? Right, exactly. You know, stay in shape. And a lot of the the kids have been doing good. You know, they've been in shape working out and – I mean, I've seen them, uh, you know, pushing cars and lifting stuff and uh, running and stuff but, and uh, standing safe. Now, the craziest video I saw today was uh, the kid up here training with one of the, uh, one of the defensive line coaches from Ramon's Academy. He he had a big old black snake whipping it around. He had caught playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> that the was his That's the linebacker, right? Yeah. I was like, dude, there's no way I'm out of here. So uh, <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've seen today on the internet. That was hilarious. But yeah, you know, come in shape. 
because you don't want to come out there and tank, and then, you know, we don't have no good footage on you because it's going to be a lot of coaches just wanting to, you know, we're going to be sending stuff from the combine, you know. You know, guys out there working out and throwing balls and doing their thing, we're going to be filming everything. Um, right. And as soon as they come in, you know, they're going to run the 40. You know, we're going to do show, We're going to do everything. We want to get everything. So these seniors that, you know, they ain't, had, they ain't been able to do anything and been sitting around, you know, you got a little bit of time to get get out there and try to get in a little bit of shape so you can come out there and uh, do your thing. Oh, excuse me. And, um, and I'm, willing to, I'm, willing, I'm here to help them. So I'm, we won't turn any of them away. We won't turn any of them away. Um, I know we got about mm, probably about twenty right now. It's already saying they're coming. So, right but, uh, now, the one question that came to mind: uh, I did a little Facebook live this morning. We talked uh, with a few uh, on my way to an appointment this morning, and it was the uh, the question that came from a parent: Is that the South Carolina High School League? Do they endorse this? How does this affect eligibility with everything going on? And it's like I said: Look, all the campuses are open. Okay, as yep. of right now, it's per county. And when we go to Dorchester County, when we go to any other county that we're going to, those counties are open. So mm-hmm. it is to the diligence of each district, and it's up to the actual school on what we can yep. do. But as far as the approval, just so they can be clear, I said that, and I want you to kind of reiterate that as well, as far as giving these parents a peace of mind so that their young ones aren't any type of violation. No, they're not. In, yeah, they're not in any kind of violation or nothing like that. Um, I have the insurance. They're covered under my insurance. Um, it has nothing to do with the high school league. Like you said, the, uh, it's up to the schools what they can host. Um, we in the clear on all that. It's no violations. Um, but, they're, I mean, they're good to go, you know. Um, as far as, like, the high school league, you know, we try to get it sanctioned through the league. But, uh, you know, it's – if say for instance, if we were sanctioned right now to the league, we wouldn't be able to do anything. Exactly. So, like like what the coaches told me this morning, with me being private, they like the fact that you we can do stuff now through you that we can't do through the high school league. So exactly. that kind of benefits them. So like last year when we went, I went in front of them to, to get you know the backing from them. If they would have said yeah, so like right now we wouldn't even be able to have combines right now. So with me being still not under the umbrella of the high school league, so we can still do our thing. Um, but for as like you know, with the schools, it's up to the schools to say, yeah, you can use the facilities. It's up to the schools as well. You can do this, you can do that, uh, and everything is open, so we're good to go on that on that front. So, but yeah, before it's breaking any rules and not like that, they're in the clear and right. all that. Yeah, they're, they're good to go. And that's something again that came up to us through uh, social media again. We're, A, not going to put your kids in any jeopardy, okay? That, A, is not a good look, and it's not the right thing. And all we want to do is the right thing, whether it be mm-hmm. getting the point A or point B or somewhere at point C. And when it comes down to it, you know, think about it. Rivals not having a combine. They had one scheduled for Charlotte. Not happening, okay? This is your best avenue. So when you pay your $25, you're going to go on. Uh, the website you're gonna you're gonna register. You're, you're automatically and, and kind of uh, help me out here, Ken. But you get a shirt, right? You get your shirt. You get qualified. Yeah. You get you get in the system. Uh, what all comes with that twenty five dollar workout that we're gonna be putting together at all these locations? Well, they, they, once they go in there and register, uh, they will get their shirt, get their size and stuff. So when they get there, 
they'll have their they have their shirt and stuff. Then we'll give them a number to we'll just stick on back of it, so the coaches can identify them. So we had their name and their number on the side there. Um, <clears throat> and then once they get registered on the back side of that register, once it's registered, that uh, it's set up so we get a list of the players automatically. So we get the list of the players. We get that we'll start the recruiting profile. When they will get their numbers and stuff, we add all that back to it. So when it's when it's all over and said and done with, their recruiting profile is going to be on the site. Mm-hmm. So a coach can go and say, okay, let's go to the hsblitz.com and see what kids, the 22 kids, go down there and say, oh, hey, here's a kid right here, quarterback, 6'2", 170 pounds. He did such and such at the combine. Uh, and so it's going to start your recruiting profile. And that, and so when you pay that money, that covers your shirt, your recruiting profile, and everything. And so through the, then through the, through the year, through the season, kids are going to be sending their stats in and stuff. And then we're going to be able to log it on the site, too, so they can have their stats and everything, uh, keep up with the stats during the season. And the kid can go on the site and build their own profile, uh, which we get, we're going to have so they can put their avatar up, put their stats up. And every Friday every Friday after the game, those, they get to go in and update their stats and stuff. And they just can't go in there and go, well, I threw for 400 yards, and we knew you threw for 200 yards. Everything they upload, we get to see it and verify it through the coach before we get to post it. So wow. it's the actual numbers and nobody – so it's going to be such a good recruiting system for the kids. It's going to be, it's going to be top shelf, and I and 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 it's going to be something that's going to help them out so much to, um, to have their own place, and they're going to have their own like little chat room and stuff. It's going to be something, and the, and the coaches get a code to go in there and look at it, you know. So if a coach won't go in there and say, oh, "I want to check out so and so kid, see what he did," he can actually go in there and, and see it and look at it. We'll get right. to see what coaches are checking these kids out. They won't get to see it, but we then we can say, hey, you had, <laughs> you know, you had Florida State check you out. You know, you had right. Woods check you out. These coaches have a code; they're going to check them out. So that's good. As long as they get, you know, if they get registered and just don't show up, then we got to go back in and add everything. So it's best for them to register and right. it take care of itself. It actually it, the way it's set up. As soon as they register, enter, it just writes itself. And all we gotta do is hit print. We got everything. Go back in there, and it's just it's just a good system for them. Well, I'm excited about It's gonna be a big deal. And, and, and guys, listen for the low country folks that are listening in here to tonight's show. You have asked me on numerous occasions, why don't we do things in the low country? Why does everything go to the upstate? It's here. It's now. It's gonna mm-hmm. happen, and it's gonna be on June 27th. And I'm going to be taking notes like Santa Claus and checking my list twice and all that good stuff because uh, you, me, and a few other guys will be mic'd up. We're going to have fun. By the way, I think I've secured us a DJ, and we're going to have music. Oh, that's awesome. A guy. Man, he's got, the, he's got the beats ready to be out, and he's going to do his thing. I'm working on some, some food truck rodeo action, so there's going to be some food hopefully there. Uh, you talked about course up there in Conway. Uh, we're going to work on some music there as well, but we also uh, they're opening up their concession stand. So yeah. there's only thing that needs to come with you is your athlete. And then <laughs> that's, just, it. that's it. We got everything else covered. Minus, <laughs> you know, it. bring an umbrella because I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it rains or not. That's the cool part about the field that we're going to be on. It is an AstroTurf field. So this is going to happen. Uh, this yeah. is going to be a great time, and we're going to have a lot of energy. Uh, I, I want to kind of turn it quickly because we've got about, let's say, 10 minutes to cover some stuff here. If you look at recruiting really quick, and I went straight to the rivals, Ken, because you and I, we talk recruiting all the time. You and I do a lot of this off the ears and, and away from 
normal conversations. And we talk about Ohio State, how they're always at the top of the heat. But you mentioned Tennessee earlier when we were talking to Ryan, and you would believe that they're the number two team right now in the 2021 team ranking with 23 total already, 23 mm-hmm. total. They don't have any five stars, but they got nine four stars and 14 three stars. And then Southern California is at number three, Clemson's number four, and Michigan at number five. I had to go way down the list, and this bothers me. This is a concern for South Carolina when I have to go way down, and I'm talking past 50 to get all the way to the Gamecocks, and I'm looking at 56 with only seven of those young, young men that have committed to the Gamecocks. Two of those are four stars. Five of those are three stars. And I get somebody's going to say, well, it's early. Well, don't you know that they – are committing early now? Look at J.J. Mm-hmm. You said it earlier. They're not sitting on these anymore because you don't have time to sit on them. You, you don't. don't these kids, and they don't want that pressure. Because J.J. Yeah. only has to worry about what? Myrtle Beach. Because he already knows That's he's it. going to North Carolina, right? He don't have to worry about no phone calls, no coaches bothering me. He can concentrate on his whole season because his recruiting is done. And, and I love the fact that he got it out of the way and he don't, he don't have to worry about it no more. And if, it, if, you, if these kids got to understand, you can stack these offers all you want and say, well, I've got 36 offers, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you don't commit to somebody and they go down their board and they got their board, right, well, he was our number one guy, he ain't committed yet, but our number two guy wants to commit. He going to commit, you, you, you out. You, you, you're done. So when you call and say, y'all want to well, well, that spot's gone, buddy. So now you got to go to the next school. You know, I saw a kid one day, he, he like, post like, this is my top 12. I'm like, how can you have a top 12? If, if it's me, if, if that's my son, no, we picking one now because you don't know if you're going to have a spot. You get that took care of, and that way you're locked in. Tennessee has got all these kids committed, and they're locked in. I mean, they are locked in, and they got some good ones too. But you look at all those three stars you mentioned, and you know, I don't, I'm not hung up on, on all the stars, though. I just, that, that system right there drives me crazy. Sure. But you got them coaches up there. That can that's going to coach them guys up, and most of the time, them three stars always turn out to be better than those five stars because uh, mm-hmm. they're hungry, they want to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna make some noise. They are going to make some noise, but they have. I mean, I love the fact you know they they're getting our kids, you know. But but my thing is, this is our state. These are our kids. Our in-state schools need to be getting these kids and not playing against our kids. Right. Because now, you know, you know, can you imagine if J.J. Wooden went to Tennessee? You know, you got him mm-hmm. and Jalen on the same team. You got to play them wrestles every year? Man, no. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you right. got to defend them two cats every year, and they come in and they beat you, and the fans going to be mad at you and stuff. But And then on the this, defensive side, you got Kenny Solomon, who started oh, as a freshman. Yeah. Can't remember because it's slipping my mind right now. You got the kid from Hartsville that was at a junior college that's going there this year. And yep. I think, mm-hmm. I think there's already a kid, if I'm not mistaken, on the roster already at Tennessee from Dutch Sport that's already over there. I can't remember his name neither, but Bryce. you know this Bryce reminds Thompson's me. There. Right. This reminds me so much of Philip Fulmer in the '90s when he came to Berkeley and he went into Monk's Corner, South Carolina, and he picked up a bunch of kids. They beat the yep. Gamecocks. Those kids grabbed the Tennessee flag in front of the student section in Columbia and waved that flag in the mid-'90s. This is, oh. this is Groundhog Day right now. And, and, and you and I remember this conversation because this is when you and I actually started communicating and say, look, we're going to work together because two are better than one. The numbers don't lie, and you're up, I'm down, and we'll figure it out as far as the, the state's concerned. But we watched 
how many coaches on the sideline of the University of South Carolina walking mm-hmm. on the sidelines, they were almost like poachers, man. They were just poaching these yeah. kids and taking them while we <laughs> champs on the other side of the field with his son. And I'm th- I felt bad for him. It was like watching, did, Sarah, yeah. it was like watching a Sarah McLaughlin uh, 2 o'clock in the morning video with the SPCA. I mean, I was like, my God. Because <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, he brought the dudes with him, man. You saw oh, – even you look at Coach Shad, who who comes from Georgia State. He had his dudes with him. And oh, he did. He did. Doing it, man. Those and he's racking up guys. on players. God knows he is. It's easy and they got him on. And, and they got him on the schedule. And they got him on the schedule. Really? You know, yeah, they're gonna be playing Georgia State <laughs> next year. Yeah. And now you and look at all the kids he racked up on. You know, yeah. it was the same. It's the same thing that went down with with with, uh, with App State when you had all those kids at camp. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, there's a lot of good kids he's leaving out. Didn't offer you know Nick Hampton. Everybody's like Nick Hampton. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know about him. Okay. Uh, Nick goes to App State. Well, who's the one that got the sack against Holinsky in the fourth quarter to win the game? Nick Hampton. Nick Hampton. So, I mean, yeah, you know, and he wanted to go there. So that's it. You know, you got all those. It's a lot of good balls to get out of this state, a lot of them. I know you can't take everybody, but you yeah. don't want to be losing those those studs. You know, you can't take them all. But don't, but don't sit and offer a kid from another state that's right. not better than the kid that's in state. Don't do that. And that's what gets me because every kid they offer, I go and watch their huddle and go, and you know, you can take anybody huddle and make them like a good player. But when you got a linebacker, a linebacker from Charlotte that you offer that's supposed to be a four-star rivals that, and it, to me, a linebacker has got to come up, fill the hole, and bust that player. Not to come up, fill the hole, stand there, let the running back go left to right and then dive at their feet. That's not a linebacker. Or, or let them run by them and then run them down and drag them down. Uh-uh. Right. But you right. offer that kid, and I sent it to a couple of guys. I said, "Watch this film." And they go, well, "Who's that?" I said, "You just got to offer from Carolina. This is his first off." Like, no way. I'm like, "Yeah," but then, and I'm like, "We got linebackers in this state. will come up and hit you. They're not chasing and ten plays, and not one play this kid steps up and hit anybody." I'm like, "Well, what did this coach see in this kid from Charlotte, North Carolina, that won't hit, go up and hit nobody, but runs, lets the guy get by him or dive at their feet? What did you see in this kid?" That you don't see in a South Carolina kid that comes up and busts somebody in the head like the kid from Union just loves to hit people, six foot right. one, just come up and lay you down. And I'm like, well, why won't you offer that kid? But you won't offer this kid. But we take the kid from Union, moving to moving him to North Carolina, they'll offer him. That's what right. that's what makes me mad about the situation because that kid is not better than any kid that I've seen. But right. you move that kid did you take that same kid moving to South Carolina, I bet right. he won't get that offer. It's, it's, right. I don't know what it is, and that drives me crazy. Drives me up the wall. Well, but it's got it. they got to fix it. they got to fix it. Well, you got Ford Chester had the Johnson boys there. I mean, you know, you had Emmanuel going to uh, Georgia Tech. You got Brandon going to Navy. Why, why they're leaving the state is uh, beyond me. You know, but you talk about undersized dudes that don't get the love. Luke Taylor, a linebacker for Somerville here in the low country, who, who, by the way, didn't get invited to the North South game, which I don't agree with, and didn't get to go to the Shrine Bowl. Don't agree with, and we're gonna, we're all. That's why you and I are working together, so guys like him do get that chance. And then there was another dude that was knocking dudes out, literally knocking dudes out. Will Pickering from, of course, Wando. Now he ended up going to the North South game. I think he had a pretty mm-hmm. good stand in there. But uh, you know, you, there are dudes all over the place. And when Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier, I called him the. He was a three-star whisperer. He was a guy that would take a three-star kid turned him into a five-star stud, and when he was at his best, he controlled the state. 
He went out and yep. got the guys that fit the system. We've got about two minutes, uh, and, and I want you to kind of give us some closing arguments for about two minutes there before uh, we get out of here because I don't want the time to lapse it. Oh, oh, cool. Um, one thing, let's see. I would say i got so much I can argue about. <laughs> you just don't know. i got so much that's going through my mind right now. Uh, once you get me on recruiting, it's, it's just over. Um, but – I just got to say though, if 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 they're going if they're going to, I just I I get to hear players talk, and I get to hear players you know like, why I don't want to commit to Carolina right now, and ask me questions, and I tell them what I think. Um, you have to let these players know for sure that you're going to be here, because mm. a lot of the in-state players say, "Oh, I think he's going to so and so. I think he's going to leave." Blah blah blah. Um, I love South Carolina kids. And I just want them to do good. I don't mm-hmm. like the fact that we're losing, you know, the Vandy and Kentucky and Florida and, you know, they're better than that. Those kids are better than that. And and I think they deserve better. And I think they need to put more into them. And I think we got to keep these in-state kids in. And we got to put a fence up around the state and get these in-state kids first and then go out of state and get these other kids. I think it's only fair. And it's a slap in our kids' face when they don't do it. And I can't stand it. And it bothers me. It really, really bothers me. And it bothers these players, too. Because I know a bunch of them right now that's like, you know, I ain't got that offer yet. But I want it, and then they don't get it. Um, but we're going to change that. We're going to change that. And we're we starting right now. And hopefully in the next two years that they're back on top and doing like they was you no know, five, six years ago. And right. Because they got the facilities. They got everything there, you know. We got everything there. We just got to keep these kids in state. Well, it's like I tell them. I tell them all the time when it comes down to it. And you put in the work. We'll put in the advertisement. We'll put in the 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 the, the, the little things that you do. We'll get take care mm-hmm. of the big things that need to be done. Be it you know social media, be it these camps, and it starts like we mentioned all across. And you want to make sure that you're following all of us at our our social media sites. Uh, you know, as you know, like I continue to push the first, I think, matter of fact, it is the first combine that we're doing. And then listen mm-hmm. up. We are opening the door to you upcoming seniors. The answer is right there. But you got to yep. go do the homework. You got to go online and you got to register. You got to pay that $25 fee. You got to be in shape. You got to be early. We'll get this thing up and running. That is June 27th at Woodland, July 25th in Conway. And, uh, again, we'll continue to push it out. Ken, I want to thank you for being a part of tonight's show. Anytime you want to help me co-host, man, we we take the whole thing over, man. We'll make it you got it. <laughs> recruiting, man. I would love it. And you already know, man, I'd love to have a, a, a special show, the High School Blitz on Southern Sports Central, have its own two, three hours, man. We could just do nothing but recruiting and be a good time. We're going to make that happen. We'll make that happen, my man. Well, we appreciate you. Good bless. Uh, you and I, I'm going to call you as soon as I get off the air because I want to hear this news that you got. But thanks you for hanging it. out for an hour and a half, and we'll talk to you here in just a minute, buddy. You've got my thought, T. Bye. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Ken Brown with the High School Blitz joins me here on the show. We're excited to have him with me anytime he can because together we're going to make a difference, and it's going to start at a football field, baseball field, or any other sporting arena near you. Register. Now, get in there right now and uh, get yourself in order because these camps, these combines are coming. You need these numbers. We're going to put it together. If this is a hurricane, we are in the eye of the hurricane, and we need to do as much as we can during this quiet storm. So 
27th of June, 25th of July. You got the dates, you got the times, and now you've been up to date on everything around the great state of South Carolina, guys. That'll do it for tonight. I want to thank Jay Williams for joining us, Logan River, Ken Brown, Ryan Berger. Of course, Joe Hughes started it all right here on tonight's broadcast, guys. On behalf of all of me and my family and friends here at Southern Sports Central, we say God bless, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you right here Sunday night on Blog Talk Radio, guys. We'll see you then. Like you.